welcome to the Cage Fight Podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mike. This is Taylor. And uh, we're here today to talk to you about uh, two very special movies, but also we have a guest. We uh, have a special guest on this episode of Cage Fight. I don't know why I decided to adopt this. You sound uh, like Tom Likas or James Adomian's uh, Tom Likas. <laughs> it's got to be accurate, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, we have a guest. Um, it's uh, it's Kelly McAndrews. McAndrews, right? Uh, yes, yeah. I, I got that right. Yeah, it's, it is Kelly <laughs> McAndrews. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Hello. Thanks for coming on. Yes. Um, Thank you very I, much. I believe, uh, I believe you're uh, the number one fan of the Frozen Ground uh, and that's why we have had you on this episode. She's a big fan of permafrost. Yes. Yeah. I begged to talk about this movie. I couldn't wait to watch it again. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> good. Anything so that exciting. takes place in Alaska. Uh, mm. Oh. <laughs> her, I believe that's also her favorite Between the Buried and Me album. Yeah, that's I mean, everyone, it's everybody's uh, favorite Between <laughs> the Buried and Me album. Mine's Colors, actually, yes. Oh, okay, but. sorry. Um, <laughs> Alaska's good, though, I will say. I should also point out we got Dave up on the soundboards as always. Oh hell no! Nah. What's up, dog? He ninety percent of his communication is through samples on that board. Um, yes, I do, greater than ninety. I gotta uh, get banana bread for us over here. <laughs> yeah, things like that. that he um, is this the uh, the potato company? Yeah, yeah. Oh um, man, Dave has too much power. Uh, listen, Dave. If you ask yeah. me. That's the problem, Dave, right? So, like, I like that you sample everybody else, but I need more samples because just saying, yeah, is not much of a sample. Yeah, we need yeah. more samples. Like, maybe it's a sample of Taylor saying, just loves Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it. I promise. Listen, folks at home, you need to know, Jess loves Kevin Spacey. I don't. I, I don't know where this came from. Wow, even. She wasn't a fan before, but in recent years. Okay. I'm going to go, guys. All right, well, uh, yeah, I probably will go after this. Well, after it's Nicolas Cage. This blatant harassment. But, it's uh, Nicolas Cage. Need I say more? We're here today to talk to you about the Stop movies. Stop all the downloads. God damn. Uh, <laughs> Honeymoon in Vegas. All right, or, I'm cutting it off to smoke some weed, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, the movies Honeymoon in Vegas, or HIV for short. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> And the frozen Only Jess would think about some shit like that. <laughs> and the frozen ground, um, or the F- two G- very similar movies. I'm glad they're in the same category. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but part of the reason why these movies are going head to head is because one of them um, is about gambling in Vegas, and the other one is about gambling in life. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so. <laughs> I guess that's that's the connection these movies have. It's the gamble you yes. make when you meet John Cusack. <laughs> and I, yes. I believe they both involve incredible violence towards women, but you still cheer it on. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're uh, you're on the the right side uh, in in both movies. Okay, yes, um, for sure. If you're if you're cheering on all that mm-hmm. good stuff. Uh, well, I think we can start out with uh, with with honeymoon in Vegas or HIV. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, uh, Uh, thanks for coming on Kelly. It's. (laughs) Oh, it's gotten worse than this. Trust me. Uh, so this movie came out in 1992. It was rated PG 13, uh, directed and written by Andrew Bergman, who was also a writer on blazing saddles. Oh yeah. And, uh, striptease Fletch. Uh, and he directed another Nicolas Cage movie on our bracket. 
called uh, It Could Happen to You. Oh, interesting. Was it a PSA? Uh, it the poster looks like it could be a PSA. So this was produced by Mike Lobel uh, through Castle Rock and New Line. Runtime in ninety six minutes. And Castle Rock is of course famous for constructing the fake Oval Office that the fake president is currently in. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, I, I guess not everybody's uh, as deep into conservative conspiracy as I am. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> let, let's hear this one. I'm usually into these kind of brainworms, but I want to hear this one. Oh, well, no, there's, I haven't heard this one either. There's um, a team of people um, who have been uh, unfortunately let down by our master, Q. Um, uh. Uh, and, <laughs> and they believe that because Trump is still president, but Joe Biden is operating under the facade that he is a president. Yes. Um, <laughs> is in a fake Oval Office that was constructed by <laughs> Castle Rock Entertainment. Why did they? Why, why Castle Rock? <laughs> Um, I don't know why specifically Castle Rock. Um, <laughs> is that like the most well-known studio to like two online boomers? Like maybe, and then it just like spread to all the disease-brained morons who stormed the Capitol. Interesting. Uh, okay. Patriots. Yes. Well, don't uh, call them idiots. Uh, Amazon Patriots. Yeah. Good uh, job, who, Castle Rock. You made a convincing set. Yeah. Uh, I believe it. Yeah. I mean, if, if Cooper could fake the fucking moon landing. That's they true. can fake the Oval Office. You got to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this had a budget of twenty-five million dollars, and anyone want to guess the box office gross? Ooh. Oh, I'm gonna guess six hundred million. Shit. I'm gonna get. Wait, in ninety-two. Um, in ninety-two dollars. Yes. In ninety-two. So it's like a billion and a half dollars. <laughs> so six million and ninety-two dollars. Six hundred million and ninety-two dollars. Is that your guess? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Uh, I'm gonna say. $92 million. Okay. Uh, how about um, $73 million? $73. You are all so over. It's $35 million. Damn. Damn. I really had faith in the Jimmy Con promise, I guess. Yeah. Jimmy Con job. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we should point out, I guess, James Con is in this movie. Uh, uh, yeah. So Sarah Jessica Parker. Tony Shalhoub um, is very briefly in it. Yeah, oh, shit. I was so I, I forget about him every time, and I get so excited every time I see him. Yeah, you know that's the that thing. Movie. We always have to have hometown pride for my hometown, Tony Shalhoub. Oh, I did uh, not really? realize he was from Green Bay. Yeah, he's from Green Bay. Yeah. Oh, oh that's yeah. that's cool. He went to East uh, High School, apparently. Nice. He's like one of the few celebrities that actually like fucking like grew up there. Whereas Zack Snyder's <laughs> technically from Green Bay, but he like left when he was six months old. Oh, well, so. we still claim Zack Snyder. Uh, yes. Uh, let's do so. <laughs> Zack Snyder, actually. I don't know. Um, this damn four-hour movie. Um, we we actually love uh, really long movies, especially Taylor. Look, if anyone's listened to our last episode, you know I love long movies. Look, I'm fine with a four-hour movie, maybe. Just not a Zack Snyder Justice League movie. But I'm, I'm fine with a four-hour movie as long as there's, like, some kind of penetration or Robert De Niro in Young Face. Young yeah. Face. I think that's good, yeah. <laughs> well, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 63% from critics and a 35% yeah. from audiences. Quite the gulf. That blows my Ew. mind that the audience rating is that low, to be honest. It's yeah. yeah, this seems like a, a, a very beloved by audiences type of movie uh but that's that's all i have for the basic facts uh mike's gonna hit us with that trivia now i think yeah yeah so um little elvis 
Um, the little baby boy Elvis uh, is played by Bruno Mars uh, in Wait, this movie. Wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Um, he was so small and it was funny because I thought he looked familiar no because he definitely he has like Bruno Mars charisma but like a seven year old or less damn that blows my fucking mind yeah Um, he's just miniature Bruno Mars he has the same uh, face and the same hair I never I never made the connection I'm I'm not like a big fan of him or anything I just never made the Um, fucking connection that's wild so I was surprised by that Um, even at the tender age of seven he was doing (laughs) retro throwback shit yeah he's he's uh, been a performer Uh, he's billed under Peter Gene Hernandez um, because he's fake as fuck. That's Duh. what the hell. You mean Bruno Mars isn't his real name? Well, I, I thought Bruno Mars sounds but like a totally plausible name. A you, person next, you're going to tell me his name's not Fifty Cent. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get um, to that. Uh, um, do you see that he and Anderson Packer collaborating? Yeah, that Bruno song Mars. they released is really good. Yeah, it's it's really good. Very smooth. Excited to hear more of that. Um, Anderson Pack not in this movie, uh, but should have been. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't even know who this person is. How do you oversight? not know Anderson Pack? This is Taylor we're talking about. Yeah, this is it's me. Yes. Um, As somebody who's yeah. music library is eighty percent new metal. Yes, I do not know who this person is. Uh, Stop all the downloading. So I do download a lot of new metal. The, then, yes. uh, the director, um, Andrew Bergman, not Ingmar. Uh, uh, when he finished the film, he thought it would make a good musical. Um, and then after having open heart surgery in 2001, uh, made it into a Broadway musical. Oh, oh um, shit. Which, yeah, I didn't realize. Um, there was, it, it debuted in Toronto in 2012 with Tony Danza as Nicolas Cage's character. Interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Wait, uh, in what year? 2001? 2012. 2012. Okay. So a good Damn. 20 years after this movie. Uh, so he really, he really sat on it for a while. Uh, had to get that open heart surgery. Had yeah. to recover from open heart surgery <clears throat> for 10 years. And then uh, you decided to make it into a musical. It's a very complex story. You have to fine tune it. Yes, exactly. So. Um, the only major change in the musical is that Cage's mother doesn't die. Uh, she returns as like, I don't know. He says some uh, some Yiddish stuff that I don't understand about why it's a good idea to have Nicolas Cage's mom return. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, just his mom not dying ruins the whole fucking story. Yeah, I mean. Maybe yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you can find those songs anywhere because I would love to hear this musical. Um, I think when I when I looked it up on Amazon to find reviews, I do believe I saw the the soundtrack for it. Oh so, shit! Um, okay, this is exciting. How it long did it run there. for? Do you know? Um, I'm not sure how long it ran for. Wait, wait um, I, I missed earlier. Was this Broadway or off Broadway? Uh, it started off Broadway, but uh, transitioned to Broadway. Hmm. That's crazy. I wonder, like, what parts they turned into songs. Like, is it him, like, yelling at the airport? Is that, like, a whole song now? Yeah, just like, you turned me into a whore. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I know that now. I hope the skydiving got turned into a a choreography number like the Spider-Man musical where they they swing them around on cables. And they're just like, you know, we'll we'll get into that, the last scene, but that last scene they actually did on stage. That would be incredible. Yeah. Um, And I really hope that you 2 also did the music for (laughs) this production, but I'm not sure who did. Was it you 2 or was it just The Edge? 
Um, I think it was like the Edge and Bono. Like, oh, okay. Or the Edge and one of the other ones. So the two that actually write the songs, I think. YouTube. It (laughs) was YouTube. Uh, Essentially. YouTube. Um, No, it was (laughs) the Edge and Bono. YouTube. No, it was those two. It was them twos. (laughs) Them twos, yeah. That's the side project of Edge and Bono, them twos. (laughs) Um, Well, so the quote um, uh, that I didn't quite understand was uh, having having his mother recur is a great thing for the show. It keeps your spirit alive and it keeps his Michigas alive. So if somebody could tell me what that means, I think it, uh, yeah. it mm, I don't know. I, 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 um, yeah. <laughs> Should you Google Translate on that one? And uh, yeah, that's all I that's all I have for trivia. Right. Um, so Tony Danza is Nicolas Cage, mm. and I think that's pretty hot. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that Nick Cage was originally going to reprise his role, but Tony Danza cut in line. To be, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you for that system of a down reference. Yes. Yeah. Um, we love it. Old school I, Hollywood. I just I don't understand, uh, you know, having Tony Danza, who is probably pushing 60 in 2012, uh, playing Nicolas Cage's character uh, in this movie. Look, but uh, you got to find a stage actor who can, I don't know. Wait, has Nicholas Cage ever done any stage work? Um, yeah. I think he did. Um, he did this, uh, small production called Hamilton. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> well, we might as well jump into the plot summary then. Uh, so this movie opens in a New York city hospital in 1987. Where New Nicol- York city. I thought this was freaking Vegas. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You did skip right over the cartoon opening, though. Like, that that was exciting to me. Oh, yeah. never see those anymore. That was great. Well, I mean, we did. Well, we kind of saw that in The Fanatic. (laughs) It was very cartoonish. Um, I will say that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it opens in a New York City hospital in 1987 where Nicolas Cage's dying mother makes him promise that he'll never get married because he she wants him to not love any woman more than he loves her, which is... Yeah, totally normal yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, Normal dying wish. <laughs> Let's yeah. say Freud would have a field day with that line, I'll just say. <laughs> then, uh, then there is an animated opening credit sequence, that, like uh, Kelly was talking about, that I thought that was, was right cool. After, sorry. Oh, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like of a man trying to get to a woman who's on top of a giant wedding cake. That's kind of cool. I like it. Yeah, yeah I like good. animated openings because the greatest movie ever made has one. Uh, Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I rewatched that recently. It was it was rough. Is it? It's still good. I love I, I, I can watch that movie like once a month and be very happy. <laughs> I haven't seen that since I don't know, almost probably ten years now. I think. Well, it's on oh, Netflix now, so. Oh shit! Yeah, you should watch it once a week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, the animation is kind of kind of neat little thing. I like it. I feel like it kind of matches the tone of this. Yeah, it works. Yeah, it's a you know, it's one of those cartoons that's like, I'm Pepe Le Pew and I'm here to buy your wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the tone. <laughs> Why are you mentioning a canceled character? <laughs> hey, come on. We got to end this cancellation of the rapist skunk. <laughs> I believe LeBron James personally canceled him. Yes, in a, in a deleted scene, uh, he explains consent to Pepe Le Pew, which sounds like a joke, but it is not. Yeah, that's just, okay. I honestly do hope that's like on the Blu-ray release of this fucking oh, movie. I, I need yeah. that deleted scene. Mm-hmm. So Nicolas Cage in this film is a private investigator uh, who is usually hired by people who suspect their partner is cheating on them. Uh, Also, 
There's, a, there's the thing I want to point out here, and I was very excited when I saw it in this movie. A long time ago, while setting up the website for this podcast that now no longer exists because I didn't want to pay to keep hosting it. Um, I, I just it's cheap, Googled, bitch. For our news section, I Googled Nicolas Cage newspaper because why not? Oh, and yeah. what I found oh, was yeah, yeah, the yeah. photo of Nicolas Cage wearing that fake mustache with the newspaper and I lashed my ass off at it and now I've finally seen where that image came from. Yes, and I was so, In every shaken. single Cage Fight episode, I recognize a new frame from a Nick Cage meme I've seen in the past. Like, oh, I've seen that shit somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the one for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Nicolas Cage is very cynical about marriage because... Well, both he loves his, his mommy. Yeah, he loves his mom. He's a mommy's and because boy. Yes, his job is literally to stake out marriages that are falling apart. So there's a lot uh, of pathology going on with Nick Cage yeah. in this movie. He's biased for some reason. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's dating Sarah Jessica Parker, who is a second grade teacher in this film, and he says that she is the love of his life. I think oh, I think we need to mention up. something here, right? Because like, she was a second grader. A second grader, yes. Um. What? He's got Epstein on the mind, I think. Um, we need to reiterate this for the audience at home, right? Because there's a lot of memes out there about Sarah Jessica Parker being ugly. She's hot in this movie. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. I think she's, yeah, she's always gorgeous. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand where that meme came from. I think it started as a family guy joke that everybody just like adopted into their psyche. Yeah. I think so, um, yeah. Because she's beautiful and looks incredible in this movie. For mm-hmm. sure. And she was always called the the hot witch in Hocus Pocus before, and then people just turned their back on her. Oh, yeah. Fucking dog yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Bette Midler in that movie? Malarkey. Was that Glenn Close? Um, um, Bette Midler, yeah. But no, Bette Midler was a hot one. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> she, she's my type, let me tell you. <laughs> she was really hot on Seinfeld uh, when she For was sure. like, uh, got injured in a baseball accident. Uh, <laughs> well, this, uh, oh, this. Well, I know what Mike likes. <laughs> This movie is pretty early on in Sarah Jessica Parker's career, isn't it? Yeah. Um, this yeah is she, was, she was a child then. She's like a teen actor. She's like a teen actor back in the yeah. old oh, stuff. Hmm. Okay, okay. She was in like Girls Just Want to Have Fun and something else that was big, but I forget. Yeah. Yeah, she started off as like a child actor. Have fun with her okay, okay. Well, uh, she was in uh, Footloose. Oh, yeah, yes. I did see that she was oh, in Footloose, but I don't remember that. I was going to say that I didn't want to be wrong, so. <laughs> yeah, I was just aware that she had a, a few years before this one. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, Cage's marriage anxiety is kind of getting in the way as uh, Sarah Jessica Parker wants kids and a family, and she feels she needs to be married to do that. Um, and so, like... Cage is afraid he's going to lose her, and in a fit of passion that night, he's just like, let's go get married tomorrow in Vegas. We're doing it. So they fly out there, and uh, I believe, as Cage said, if we had just done it at the courthouse, everything would have been fine, but we went to Vegas, and now there's going to be zany antics. Um <laughs> So there we meet uh, James Kahn, who is a big shot gambler, very demanding and cruel to his staff around him and stuff, and had a love long ago who died named Donna. Yes, and we do need to reiterate that Tony Shalhoub does get his nuts squeezed in this movie. Yes, yes. James <laughs> Kahn grabs Tony Shalhoub by the balls and squeezes <laughs> And listen, as somebody, once again... From Tony Shalhoub's hometown, I felt that mm-hmm. in my soul. <laughs> I consider this episode zero of Monk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was after it all this. Wasn't he in Wings first? 
fuck wings. Dealing with James Caan's <laughs> character is what gave him all the oh. anxiety that eventually like, developed. No, I believe this is actually OCD. like a prequel, prequel to um, Thirteen Ghosts. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, he, he was basically like, yeah, one time in Vegas, some guy grabbed my ball, so not I, I want to ever like touch anything ever again, <laughs> <laughs> which is fair. I mean. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, James Conn sees Cage and Parker walking by as they have just arrived, and he sees that, that Parker looks exactly like Donna, his long-dead love that, uh, he fell so hard for. Who was, like, half his age in real life, I believe. Because mm-hmm. they mentioned she died at, like, 38 or something, he's, like, 93 in this movie. Okay, I don't, th- I don't know if he's 93, but... He's looking, uh, he's looking he a little old. He is old. Do they say how old he was when Donna died? I don't think no. so. Not no. that I'm aware of. Not fair enough, I guess. I assumed it was somewhat recent. Oh, yeah. So he's, like, immediately infatuated with, with the SJP. And to be fair, who's, who wouldn't be, a, like, obsessed with her back in the day? And she looks just like his uh, former wife and also looks just like Pops from Deadfall. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Could this be a, a twist? <laughs> it's, a, it's a Deadfall reference for, uh, all, the, uh, for all the, the uh, deep heads out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, I thought it was Sam Peckinpah. It was Sam fucking Peckinpah. <laughs> <laughs> While in their room, uh, Cage and, uh, and and SJP, they go up to their, their uh, big honeymoon suite type thing. It's, yeah. it's a big fancy ass room. Yeah. And they get they got an, some like a culturally appropriating like African stuff in there. Yeah. Well, they call it like the mm-hmm. Alibaba room, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah totally. They? Um, and they, uh, they get an envelope with a special invitation to a poker game. And Cage is like, I want to go to this so I can win back enough money to pay for this entire trip. I'm going to go here. And then when we come back, I'm going to win all the money and then we'll go get married. All right. And uh, like, SJB is like, no, uh, what if we just hang out and go get married? And he's like, no, 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 I've got to gamble. It's my thing. Hey, it's like, you know uh, what? You know what, dude? This is fucking stupid. Let's get married. And he's like, I got a better idea. I'm going to get some money real quick. <laughs> on some honeymoons, you go scuba diving. On other honeymoons, uh, the husband goes off to gamble before you have even gotten married. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, that is the story of probably thousands of couples in Las Vegas every oh, yeah. day. It's, that's, a, that's a common thread in, in a lot of Vegas marriages, I would assume. Probably more than not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Absolutely. <laughs> Cage shows up to the game, and James Kahn is there, along with some other dudes, an Elvis impersonator, um, some ang- angry guy who seems to <laughs> be from New guy. York. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he he's given $1,000, like, on the house to use, and he loses pretty much all that money. But James Kahn is like, hey, I'll keep you here. What, what do you say I just float you $1,000? If you lose it, you lose it. I don't care. If you win some, pay me back the initial 1000 And Cage is like, okay, I'll do that. And he keeps winning more and more, and he gets intoxicated by the wins until eventually they're in a pot that's going for like $80,000, and he has to float like $65,000 off of James Kahn, and he loses it by the smallest possible difference in a hand. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I think it was a straight flush to a jack is what Cage had, and James Kahn had a straight flush to a queen. Crushing. (laughs) So... Uh, after that, James Conn is like, all right, well, what do you say if instead of paying me the $65,000, since I know you probably can't do that, 
uh, you just let me have your your fiance for the weekend. So you're saying, right? If you want to repay my, like the the debt you owe me, I have to cuck you. <laughs> God, <laughs> I have to cuck you. And he's like, uh, I'll, you know, I'll think about it. He's like, listen, 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 listen. Come on. <laughs> like, come on, dude. You know me. Um, we just played several hours of poker together. You know me so well. Yeah. It's pretty amazing that that all worked out in Khan's favor, like exactly how he wanted it. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how he pulled it off. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like it wasn't a fair game. No, <laughs> he would never do that. After Khan presents this plan, Cage then goes and presents it to uh, Parker, and they both freak the fuck out because this is a <laughs> weird fucking arrangement that they wouldn't have had to do at all if Cage had just. Not gone to this poker game and not asked to be floated sixty five thousand fucking dollars. Like, listen, you know how I had to go play poker. Uh, well, I lost you. Yeah. But thing, it, it is weird to them because they're not a part of certain communities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she does get on board with it very quickly. They should just be like more open minded, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Fidelio. What's wrong with sharing? <laughs> so- <laughs> um, Parker eventually agrees because they've got, uh, you know, they have no way to pay the money off otherwise. And so. I, I, there's, there's one line delivery I really love in that scene where Nick Cage, uh, oh God, what the hell's the line where he goes, okay, I know that now or something like that. Oh, yeah. I know that now. He's like, Hey, I know that I know now. That now. And, and when he says, I know that now, it sounds like he's almost singing it. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> and then he just says, okay, like grinning through his goes, okay. It's great. I love it. Oh, and yeah. I, I think we he do need to. He was auditioning for that Broadway musical. He was ready. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. foresight. And, and you know, that's the thing. I think Nick Cage is like a pretty like talented comedic actor. And you can tell like a lot of his line deliveries are phenomenal in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And like genuinely very funny. Yeah, and um, definitely uh, something Tony Danza couldn't pull off, that little fucking prick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Tony Danza is, like, all that musically talented, to be honest. Yeah. He's, wow. If I had to guess, Tony Danza is, like, three feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, well, we know Jack Gillardi's ten feet tall. Jack Gillardi. <laughs> there we go. Um, so, uh, Khan has his first meeting with Parker at a restaurant with an Elvis impersonator contest where evidently Bruno Mars is there. So. <laughs> as, a, as a toddler. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a deleted scene where he actually does catch a grenade. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> catch a grenade. Oh, yeah. You gotta do it at more high pitch because he's seven. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, I can't go much higher. Uh, too much to my chagrin. He. he <laughs> so, um,. Khan, while there, tells uh, her about Donna, the lady that he was in love with, who died of cancer when she was, like, 38. And uh, then he tells her, like, hey, for the weekend, we're going to go to Hawaii. And then she is, like, understandably annoyed at this because she thought she was just going to be hanging around with him in Vegas. Um, on, on the island of Kauai, to be specific. Yes. And when, as I said, the cutest island. Yes. And when we're done talking about the synopsis, I have a lot of things to talk about because this movie... Really did film there, and I, I'll tell you why. Mm. So uh, uh, when SJP goes to tell Cage about the plan, Cage just loses it. He starts freaking out, like storming around the, the hotel. I understand why, because this seems kind of dangerous. Yeah, it seems <laughs> it seems pretty dangerous. 
I mean, if I were her, I would have a lot of trepidation about this too. Which yeah. I, I mean, she, I suppose she did. She gets initially. on board really quickly. She, yeah. she does. <laughs> which, um, which really makes me think she might have been doing some other things behind the cage. It, it helps the runtime. Yeah, like this might as well happen. I don't know. <laughs> it helps the runtime of the movie, but uh, is not not super convincing. Yeah. Um, but I think it's kind of funny that um, I guess you could say uh, after that game of poker, he lost his hand. And then he, he lost, lost his, his what? Bride. His bride. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> nice, nice. You really got all yeah. the King Kongs this, this oh, episode. God, these are um, okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of overlapping themes in Nick Cage movies. You know, interestingly enough, uh, this is another movie that deals heavily with a marriage and Nicolas Cage in some like wacky like infidelity that's going on. That's on. true. Yeah. Um. Wacky Infidelity should be the name of his uh, autobiography. That's already my indie band, so don't. <laughs> can't take that. Um, Dashboard Confessional uh, has some words for you. <laughs> okay. So uh, she says she'll be back like Monday or Tuesday because it takes a lot of time to fly back. And Cage just kind of wanders the city depressed, gambling, you know, all that jazz. Actually, all that rock and roll because eighty percent of the music in here is performed by Elvis impersonators. Yeah, hound <laughs> dog. Yeah. So in Hawaii, Khan tries to impress Parker with a huge mansion and knowledge of the Hawaiian language. They go snorkeling. They go horseback riding. They go hiking in the mountains. All of which I think takes place in one day. And frankly, in my opinion, too many activities for one day. That's well, exhausting. Okay. So to be fair, Kauai is not that big of an island. You can drive around it in like less than an hour and a half. I know, but any one of these things, after I do it, I would need to chill for a bit. You know? Okay, that, that's a, a fair little, point. That's you know? a fair point. I'm if I'm doing one of these things. I'm getting hammered afterwards. Yeah. That's for sure. He's trying to marry a woman in one weekend, so he has to do it all in a row. Yeah, it's yeah. true. He's, he's got a lot of uh, making up to do. I understand his urgency. I just don't understand hers. He's like, Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, guy. that's the thing. Our biological clock is ticking. Oh, yeah. Uh, God. So... Khan then begins to try to convince her that she's wasting her time being with Nicolas Cage and that he likes her for a lot more than just her resemblance to Donna, you know? Like, it started that way, but now I'm just in love with you after, That's like, winning reason. you in a card and game. Listen, I know days. a lot about you, like, uh, you're... Your your name, for example, uh, uh, uh Donna. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get into that later. Fake oh. Donna. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Once you do five activities with someone, you're ready for marriage, I think. Honestly, that's true. Five that's true. And, and these are very uh, uh, heavy bonding uh, activities that that's, you do with someone you love. Exactly. That's why I always wait for the fifth date until like a year. In. <laughs> well, depending on the scene they're into, it might be heavy bondage activities. Well. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> Um, I think you're thinking of the frozen ground. Oh, <laughs> spoilers. So meanwhile, at home in New York City, because Cage flew back, he was like, I got to get out of Vegas. He flies back to New York City. And while he's there, he's just absolutely losing it. Uh, like everything is getting to him. Like all sorts of stuff is just oh. reminding him of the situation that's going we on. We have to talk about the scene where uh, one of his clients uh, claims that his like wife is cheating on him with Mike Tyson. That's true. Oh, yeah. And that there's a scene true. where he's like, no, you don't know what it's like to have your woman just like be on another man. He's like just getting more and more aggravated. That seems hilarious. Yeah, yeah that was good. <laughs> and that uh, actor is, of course, Joey Tribbiani's dad. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's where I knew him from. Okay. I thought I you. recognized him, but I didn't uh, recognize that. And I, I also love that, the so. early example of Photoshop for that picture. Because that, was that Photoshop? <laughs> was that like the in- indication? Oh, you could even just do it by cutting two papers and photocopy. Two, two photos. She's like, she mailed, me this, she mailed me this picture of her and Mike Tyson. I'm like, why would she mail you a picture of her and Mike Tyson? <laughs> She's for some reason getting punched in the face by him in a boxing ring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, she. Just, just a great character and great scenes involving that guy. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, um, what what finally fully sets Cage off is seeing a report that a volcano on the island of Kauai has erupted. So he immediately heads to the airport where he is held up by Ben Stein buying a ticket to okay. Milwaukee. So, so, so two things, yes, right? So one, Kauai does not have any active volcanoes. That is a fact. It is the oldest Hawaiian island, does not have any volcanic activity whatsoever. So wrong. Fuck. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be Neil deGrasse Tyson this show just we for got Kauai to, We fact. got the Kauai guy here, dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and Nick Cage is very worried about being sent to airport jail. Oh, yeah. What are you going to do? Send me to airport jam? <laughs> That's also an amazing line delivery. We used to quote that all the time. Beautiful. I say that at the airport a lot, and then they just put me in airport jail. Yeah. Well, to be fair, we'll get into that in a little bit because that line is prophetic. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so uh, he he tells off Ben Stein like we all would like to. <laughs> yes, as he deserves. I and never got a chance to win mm. Ben Stein's money, so he's pretty much on my shit list. Mm. Were, were you ever like harassed by him like all those like young women were? Oh, I, I mean, harassed by uh, his unfunny show ruining Comedy Central uh, in the middle of the day when I was like six. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever watch that like expelled movie where he's like advocating for creationism in schools? Oh, God, no. It's like yeah, produced I, by Adam Carolla or something. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> oh, I, I've not been keeping up with Ben Stein. I didn't know that all this was happening. I, I absorbed that peripherally. So Nick Cage tells him off and everyone in line claps. And it's like one of those those reddit stories <laughs> I mean, listen if i saw nick cage in real life yelling at ben stein because who's holding up a line i was in i would fucking cheer too yeah i agree so uh back in hawaii khan keeps putting the moves on sarah jessica parker he's sweet talking the hell out of her and they eventually kiss on a romantic boat ride well he he kind of just leans in and she's I mean, yeah, it's, it's at that of, point, you're stuck on a boat with him on an island where you can't really leave. Like, what are you going to do? Say no. I'd be kind of scared. For it's it's kind of like your 13 year olds being like on a quote unquote first date and you're being like carpooled by one of their moms and you just like peck her on the lips. And it's like very romantic. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, although they're like grown he adults. Does, <laughs> he comes off very predator in this whole movie. He's creepy oh, yeah. as fuck. Like, yeah. The whole thing. Yeah, and I do like, too, is that, um, and I know we're not done with the synopsis, but I also like that he gets more and more predatory with each moment. Like, they do yeah. a really good job of, like, escalating it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a real yeah. scumbag. He's going up to waitresses being like, you know, I was in The Godfather. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, Taylor wouldn't know that. <laughs> I wouldn't know any of that, no. He goes up to Nicolas Cage and he's like, you know, my son's had gone in 60 seconds. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Khan then gets a call from one of his goons that uh, Cage is on his way to Hawaii, and Khan tells the goon to stall Cage. So uh, while while Cage is flying, uh, Parker is trying to get a hold of him, but cannot reach him at the hotel in Vegas or at his home in New York City, and she's like freaking out, like, why can't I reach him? 
And anyways, Cage arrives at the airport and is picked up by one of Cotton's goons. He says he'll take him right over to James Cotton's place. To um, Mr. Corman's place. Yeah, Mr. Corman's place. And then they <laughs> arrive there and he's like, oh, I thought you said Mr. Orman. Oh. I, I was going to make a joke that instead of James Conn, <clears throat> he takes him to James Bond's place. <laughs> um, but, uh, or he takes him to, like, Wrath of Khan. Yeah, it's just kind of, he takes him to Genghis Khan. He, he takes him to Ricardo Montalban's place. Um, or Mr. Orman is some uh, shaman who lives in a shack and just kind of wastes his time for like an hour. Yes, the <laughs> problematic Peter Boyle character uh, who is either, I, I don't recall, uh, either based on Marlon Brando, like... Or, or he was supposed to be played by Marlon Brando. Oh, my. I um, so wish he was played by Marlon Brando. That would have made this movie even better. Yeah, we need another Coppola connection in this like, yeah. piece. Was he supposed oh, you to, to make be this playing? movie worse? <laughs> was he supposed to be playing a, a, a native Hawaiian or was he just supposed know. to be playing? You know, well, it's white unclear. Dude. Considering really there's a lot of like it. weird hippies in Hawaii, he could have just been like a some white dude. Yeah, yeah, he seems like some white dude who, like, moved to Hawaii and told everybody he was, like, Native American. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. There were a lot of hippies like that in the 60s who did just fucking that. Yeah. So uh, a frustrated cage basically creates a distraction and then steals the goon's car and goes out looking for the the Corman place, not the Orman place, because James Conn character is Corman. Um. What a funny mix-up. <laughs> so meanwhile, James Kahn is proposing to Sarah Jessica Parker, saying he wants to get married tomorrow in Vegas. It's like, listen, we got to get married tomorrow. I just got to play this quick poker game first. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he's uh, he, he proposes to her. She says she can't do it because it's all way too fast. She still has to work out things with Nicolas Cage. Like, this is a fucking nutso plan. This has been like three days. Yeah. <laughs> And what do you mean? You're reluctant to marry me after <laughs> hanging out with a complete stranger for a couple days? So in response, James Conn just lies and says that Cage actually put up Parker for a bet in the card game, not the $65,000, and that James Conn just lied to, to not well, hurt her feelings. And, and that's that, the thing. Nick Cage turned her into a whore. He did. Mm -hmm. He, uh... He, he, James Conn says, uh, yeah, he looked me in the eye and said, uh, you know what's even dirtier than money and even even sexier? It's my my wife, almost. Yeah. Um, and, and she just believes him, which is nuts. Like, she's been with Cage for years, and then suddenly she thinks that he'd just do that with this creepy dude, like, all of a sudden. Well, yeah. to be fair, the whole proposition was scummy in itself, so, like, there's some... Oh. There's some, you know, maybe some correlation with You her. don't scuba dive with someone and then just lie to them or snorkel with them and then just lie to them. Yeah. And uh, he also lies and says that it was only over $3,000, not uh, 65000 So yeah. just to make her feel like, even more. I mean, one thing, most Americans don't have $400 saved up. So $3,000 is a lot of money. That's true. That's but, not give away your wife money, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not wife money. After she gets that news or... That fake news. Whoa. <laughs> fake news. Uh, she asked to just be alone for a while. And uh, that night, Cage finally finds the location and he sees her standing on the beach and starts running to her, screaming her name. And he is just tackled by James Kahn, who then calls, <laughs> like, security over or, or the police. I don't know if the police. It was were just police. Next, no, 
to just haul Cage away. And Cage gets arrested. Khan then walks up to Sarah Jessica Parker and is like, hey, uh, so you so we doing this? And she's like, well, I want children right away. Uh, and then he's like, or she's like, I don't have a lot of time to have kids. I just want to have kids. And then he's like, all right, I'm totally down to have some kids right away. You know? Uh, and, uh, she's like, great. Then we'll get married. Well, he's already got kids and grandkids, so he can do it. (laughs) Why don't you just buy one of my kids? Yeah. (laughs) I'll sell it to you for half a million. (laughs) While in jail, Nicholas Cage calls his bookie. To get himself bailed out, his bookie back home in New York. I need to mention this scene because it's really funny. So in the at the airport in New York City, when he says, what are you going to send me to airport jail? In real life, the jail on Kauai is only about a mile away from the airport. Mm. So it's very close to an airport jail. And th- these are only facts that you're getting on this podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. These are only facts for somebody who has been to the island of Kauai. This completely <laughs> surpassed the IMDb trivia. When Nicolas Cage says, are you going to take me to airport jail? The There's actually a jail within one hour of the airport. <laughs> no, one mile. Oh, one mile. Sorry. <laughs> um, 65 people found this helpful. <laughs> you have uh, to no, swim to under a bridge little... to get to it. You're uh, very welcome, IMDb. 65, I gave you some trivia. 65 out of 1,000 people found this helpful. <laughs> no, 65 out of 66 found this helpful. Uh, Jess did not. The only one. Fuck you, Jess. <laughs> fuck you, man. Like, fuck you, Jess. What about 65 out of 69? Oh, oh, not good enough. Sex number. Fucking bitch. Um, <laughs> so, uh... We're doing good. Uh, well, yeah. Cage gets himself bailed out by calling his bookie who fronts like the $5,000 bail money. And when he gets out, he finds out that Khan and Parker are going to Vegas to get married. So he hops on the next flight, which has a connection through San Jose. But he gets stuck in San Jose because Khan knows some people who work at the airport there and gets the Las Vegas flight canceled, which, like, damn, that's some strings to pull. You got to fuck with, like, air traffic control, all sorts of shit. What does he do? Like, (laughs) if if Sarah Jessica Parker knew the length that he he had gone to just for all of these pieces to fall into place uh, throughout this entire movie... You know what? She'd probably marry him. (laughs) So uh, Cage is stuck in San Jose and the next flight is until like noon the next day. So he finds a small flight by running through the airfield, like just holding up a sign saying like, I need to go to Vegas. Anyone going to Vegas? And he finds a plane with some Elvis impersonator skydivers. And they're like, yeah, we're going to Vegas. Hop on board. (laughs) I'm sorry. Just the realization that they were Elvis skydivers. I paused it and laughed for a minute because that's really fucking funny. (laughs) It is really funny. That, it, it is really good, yeah. Yeah, that, that was probably my favorite part of the movie. Although, I do have to ask, if they're just a skydiving team that skydives in Vegas, why are they starting in San Jose? <laughs> that's, but, that's, well, a, uh, that's a good, good question, because, like, San Jose, is, San, San Jose is, like, kind of far away from Vegas. A little bit, yeah. Uh, what did you say, Kelly? I just said they have to pick up speed. They have to get there. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what it makes sense? Makes sense, too, because I believe that Los Angeles is only like 45 minutes to an hour away from Las Vegas. So maybe San Jose is even a little shorter. So they yeah, yeah maybe they do need to reach a certain the, speed the before they reach Las Vegas. Probably like four to six minutes. Take that yeah. movie. We're Neil deGrasse Tysoning this. This is yeah. A, yeah. We're going to NDT the HIV. Where, <laughs> where the fuck? <laughs> well, Jesus Christ, I'm how sorry. about let's NFT this HIV? Oh, uh, meanwhile, mm. in Vegas, Sarah Jessica 
Ugh, okay. Sarah Why Jessica do I keep Parker. insisting saying her entire name? You can just get SJP like, or Parker. Yeah, SJP said she needs to wait a few weeks, and this is all too soon. She's, like, freaking out because they're about to get married. And in response, Jane Conn says, I'll give you half a million cash if you marry me tonight. And she's <laughs> just like, are you fucking kidding me? You're offering me money to marry you? And he's he like, all right, how about a million? Yeah. He, he doubles <laughs> his offer, and she still says no. So he begins to, like, manhandle her and makes, like, a threat where he says, like, look, you made a promise to me, and people follow through on their promises. Listen here, to you me. daughter of a bitch, you made a fucking <laughs> promise to me. So uh, she's like, okay, I have to go to the bathroom, and he's like, all right, you got five minutes, which is all things you want to hear from your future spouse. Well, and so here's the thing, right? <laughs> Imagine at that moment she just had, like, awful, like, diarrhea or something. Yeah. In six <laughs> minutes. Like, what is he? Is he going to, like, rip her off the toilet or something? Like, he sounds like a freaking manager at an Amazon warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get your mandated five-minute fucking exactly. piss break before you get forcibly married. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Topical. She's, she gets away for that time and sneaks off into like a group of like showgirls where she gets into one of their costumes and uses that to blend in and sneak away and uh, she walks right into a crowd that is gathering for the landing of the flying Elvises oh shit Cage is up in this plane suddenly realizing he's gonna have to jump out of this and skydive which he's like uh, you know freaking out about he's trying to remember which lever it is they fuck with him oh yeah he keeps <laughs> like saying uh, yellow lever red lever or whatever yeah. yeah, it might even right. be an allegory for him getting married because he's afraid to do it, but he finally takes the plunge. Oh, oh my god, yes. he's jumping out of the plane. He says, My wife is just below, or my future wife is just below. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do love the Elvis guy at like the very last one where he goes, I was just kidding. He goes, He was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> this, yeah, this whole sequence is probably my favorite part of the movie. Which, oh, we, yeah. we do have to reiterate, right? Would that be like could you be like charged with a crime for lying to somebody about how parachute works? <laughs> I feel like maybe They're like unintentional, like if, intentional homicide if you lied or unintentional to someone homicide? about how it works and they die. Who's going to testify? <laughs> can, you get arrested? <laughs> can you get arrested for impersonating an Elvis impersonator? Oh, is that a thing? Oh, Good shit. Point. It's like impersonating an officer. It's just like a federal crime. You're impersonating an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> uh, so, so Parker walks into the crowd gathered for the flying Elvises and they, she hears them announce Nicolas Cage's name. I, I, I got to be honest here. I don't remember any of the characters. Uh, Tony Danza. <laughs> yeah, Tony Danza. Uh, Jack Singer. Jack Why? Singer. Oh, yes. That's it. Jack Singer. They announce him coming down, and she's like, what? Wait, his name's so Jack Singer, but he portrays Elvis Presley. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, shit. Not related to Brian Singer. And they're getting <laughs> I hope married. He is. Maybe he's the wedding singer. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> shit. Uh, he lands down, and they're reunited on the pavement. They run to one another and just kiss, and they're like, I'm so sorry. I've been trying to reach you, like, blah, blah, blah. And then they make up, and they're like, let's go to the chapel and get married. And they get married in front of a bunch of Elvis impersonators. <laughs> and they didn't change. Yeah, they didn't they're change. They're still in their clothes. They're showgirl in Elvis clothes. I got to be totally right. honest here. That is what I would want to get married in. <laughs> For sure, <laughs> yes. I, I don't care. Give me either of those outfits. No, I, 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 I want to be the showgirl, and I want my future wife to be Elvis. Mm. That's then, what I'd uh, like to see. After the wedding, James Conn shows up and he's like, how about we make it two Eiffel Towers in Vegas? <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, God. Who's, who's going to watch that? Uh, so... Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's a fan theory. Fan theory, uh, we'll okay. Leave yes, that yes, to the yes. fans. Yeah. And th that's pretty much the whole movie. 
Uh, so what's everyone think of this one? Um, you know what? Fucking loved this movie. Mm. <laughs> I loved this movie. This is probably the best, like my favorite romantic comedy I've ever seen. Barney. Really? Wow. I fucking everything about See, this movie beautiful. I loved. It's, yeah. yeah. It brings everybody together. Mm-hmm. It does. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a movie you don't really have to think about. It's, it's a perfect length. There's not really a whole lot of padding. I mean, maybe the going to Hawaii part you said earlier might be padding. Yeah. Um, but no, it's just a, it's a cute little movie. I mean, it has a low point for Nick Cage. It ends in a good manner. Every, everything's peachy keen. It's it's good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's very quotable. It's fun. Oh, it's very quotable. There's so many lines that I wrote down here specifically because I loved them so much. Yeah. Mostly Nick Cage's lines. My favorite is when he, like, goes to talk to um, James Conn's kids, and they're like, they're so good together. And he goes, well, that's just so wonderful to hear. (laughs) I use that one all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That was really funny, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Jess, what were your thoughts? I I think it's a good film. Very good movie. I like this. Uh, I feel like it kind of dragged a little bit in the middle in in Hawaii. But like as it got towards the end and particularly the the flying Elvises, that's that's my favorite part of the movie. It's great. (laughs) Those are great. And uh, the stakes get really raised and and it's fun. Now, I know uh, this was all of our first time seeing it. But Kelly, I think you do you have like a history with this movie? Is this like a family favorite for you or? We used to watch this all the time. Uh, my my grandma, she was like a thrift store person. Like she worked at a thrift store. So like her big thing was like going through the neighbor's trash and like finding stuff that she loved. <laughs> and so one of the things that she found for us um, was the VHS of Honeymoon in Vegas. Oh, nice. So we watched it all the time as kids because she gave it to us. So someone threw away that classic and we gained... <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, I so say yeah. you gain so many memories. One one person's garbage, another person's treasure. Mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> and what a treasure this was for sure. Some might say a national treasure. <laughs> oh yeah, and oh. Uh, and you know that's a. a I will say I'd actually recommend this movie to my mom because my, our favorite vacation we ever had was when we went to Kauai, mm, yeah. which is featured very prominently in this movie. And I thought you were when uh, you and your mom got married in Vegas. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say. I mean, that would be very awkward, yes. <laughs> or when you uh, had the dream about your mom naked vacuuming. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very strange. Um, but I will say I know for a fact this movie was filmed in Kauai because I read the Wikipedia page. But also because a lot of the shots where they like shot – I recognize most of those places. Mm. Like, how a, often do you go there? I only went there once. <laughs> I didn't even remember that. Interesting. I do. Well, it's it's a it's a beautiful tropical vacation. Well, yeah, and I would say, um, you know, you go on vacation and you spend a week in the Kauai jail. You remember where it is? Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Um, I had to look that one up on Google Maps to be like, there's a connection here. And it's like, yeah, it's like right next to the airport. In fact, the airport. Where they uh, where they shot the airport scenes it looks exactly the same today. <laughs> they didn't like change it at all. And I'm like, but yeah, there's a couple scenes. There's a scene where um, the taxi dr- guy is driving Nick Cage through like a tree line road. I remember that road very vividly. That was like the first road we drove on Hell while yeah. we were there. That was the um, main, that's the main road. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I also do like a little detail where he's like, oh no, I'm not there. I'm in I'm in uh, the town of Waimea, which is on like the opposite side of the fucking island. So this guy like took him like in an hour and a half drive. <laughs> <laughs> away from uh, uh, James Conn's house. So he did a pretty good job. Oh, oh damn. Yeah. 
and also the, the the like the the horseback riding scene and like the the fucking snorkeling scene and the like the mountain and stuff. I've been to all those places too. So very cool. Mm. It's you just, did all that with James Con. I did that with James Con. Yes, not with my <laughs> mom or my family. With James Con specifically. Did he offer you a million dollars to marry him? Yes, he did. And I was like, I'm I'm twenty twenty years old, but sure, bud, mm. we'll make it happen. The um, only location reference in this movie that I've been to is Milwaukee. No, I have been to New York, but. <laughs> Well, uh, I was gonna, I, I was gonna make a really good joke, but then I remembered. I've been I was gonna say I, I've been to Kauai, Las Vegas. <laughs> I mean, I've kind of been to Milwaukee if you think about it. I've only lived there for like, many uh, years now. Uh, yeah, you have to. Well, you have to live in Milwaukee <laughs> for thirty years before you really experienced the segregation. And, <laughs> oh, that's very true. And the one one more thing I want to add to this too is in in Kauai, there's another thing. There's like there's like a shit ton of like feral chickens. Mm. They're everywhere. Like literally, every morning I got woken up by them fucking like cawing. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, yeah, that's a tale as old as time. You get woken by the as the rooster crows. They're and, uh, they're everywhere. You go to the Costco, you go to the Walmart. They're even in the fucking parking lot, just hanging out. It's hilarious. There were a bunch um, of those where I was in uh, Mexico too. Although I don't think they were feral. I think people just kind of and let them wander. What's funny about it too is I was confused why they weren't why they weren't in the movie. But turns out is that the outbreak of the feral chickens really only happened in the late nineties, early two thousands. Interesting. There was so. an outbreak of feral chickens. <laughs> well, so the, the well the story goes really coinciding that, with when Taylor was there. Yeah, I know. Weird, right? Um, <laughs> the story goes apparently that there was like a couple hurricanes that like you know broke open like chicken coops and they got out basically. Hmm. So, but that happened in like the like mid late nineties or something. Oh, okay. So it's like how there was uh, salamanders all over uh, uh, Japan after that yeah. tsunami. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's <laughs> giant ones. <laughs> Did they shoot? They shoot freaking laser beams. They do, and uh, they fucking beat the shit out of King Kong. Fuck you, Kong. And uh, fuck King Godzilla. Um, Wait, no, oh, not to give away things that are in our bracket. <laughs> we can't be picking sides oh, just God. yet on that one. Oh yeah, oh, I'm sorry. But yes, uh, uh, Kawhi nerding out. Uh, all, all that information out there. I will say, if you're ever there, definitely visit the, the Nepali coast. Very beautiful. Yeah. I've never been to Hawaii, but I've heard it sucks, and it's probably the worst place you could ever <laughs> It does go. suck. Uh, and if you're also there, check out the canyons there. They call it the, uh, uh, what do they call it? The Grand Canyon the of Grand Hawaii. Canyon. And uh, email us at, at cagefightpodcast at gmail.com if you would like Taylor as a uh, tour guide. Yeah, if you need a tour guide <laughs> to the westernmost Hawaiian island, let me know. Honestly, this could be a resume for you to like be a tour guide. <laughs> In Kauai. Uh, well, um, I guess uh, if if we've wrapped up everything we have to say about this movie and Taylor's done giving us a guide to the island of Kauai, we can go on to Dave's uh, the summary. The best Hawaiian island. Yeah. Boo. I don't know. Somebody probably. What? Someone from Oahu is like. Dave, Dave do you, you have your plot what? summary? What? Do you? What? You know, Dave, we ask you for we've a plot summary every fucking episode. And dance. Come on, man. Time. All right, let's fucking hear it. Yeah. Oh. Uh. Uh. Yeah. 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 Oh. Okay. Uh, pretty good summary, Dave, but. The, Hawaii is actually in the the South Pacific. It's not in the Caribbean. So like, yeah. Uh, I, 
um, in fact, I believe in the movie, James Caan says that the Caribbean is the the vacation destination for, like, dentists. That's not, you don't go there. Yeah. You go to Hawaii, because that's where the fancy rich people buy property, I guess. I think, Dave, you, you need to see some assholes with teeth caps go to fucking yeah. uh, <laughs> you need to You need to mention, like, you need to have a, uh, need to do more Calypso mm-hmm. to really get the spirit of Hawaii. Calypso is also Caribbean, I believe. No, but I'm saying you have to be more like Jess. You know what I'm saying. I, I know exactly. I, I don't know I what don't you're know saying. saying. I don't know okay. what I'm saying either. Okay. Let's move on. Well, <laughs> d- 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 Dave, decent plot Thanks summary. Thanks for the. I don't. What? He's. I think he. He thinks it sucks. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's broken. He's not a fan of this movie. Um. um. Well, uh, Dave's hard to please. Uh, if it's not pay the ghost, he is not going to host. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, with that, I guess we can move on to the Amazon reviews. I got a couple Amazon reviews for you motherfuckers. Uh, Let's hear it. Oh, uh, they're all from Taylor saying, th- uh, I worked at the bird shop in Kauai. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, I could tell you who that guy was. <laughs> our first review comes from David Martin Graff, who writes... Uh, I always liked Honeymoon in Vegas ever since I first saw the film at the time in 1991 when I was 16 years old. Uh, Because it illustrated a vantage point I could relate to in that my mother uh, seemed almost exactly like how Jack Singer's mother appears in the beginning of the film, although she is still, still alive. Um, uh, his, so very different. This if you guy's think not about married. Uh, <laughs> how, how, I, so his mother was laying on a bed. Like what? They, I, yeah, there's there's not uh, really any character development there. Uh, but uh, you do you, David Martin Graff. Um, but because seeing Sarah Jessica Parker, who then at her age uh, looks like your typical girlfriend from next door, and how it might be possible to have those similar idiosyncrasies that Jack did. But be fortunate enough to have a pretty good woman by your side. There's no, this, this is, I don't know what this person is saying. Where is there's the no, purpose? There's no periods in here. It's just comma, new thought, comma, new thought. What? Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Did we call Sarah Jessica Parker just the next door girl? Yeah, yeah, the girlfriend next door. Mm. Uh, She doesn't look like any girlfriend I've ever fucking had. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, uh, money and all all the other status symbols that come along with pressure uh, uh, and having what Jack had, then seemingly likely improbable, although maybe it wasn't too improbable. And at the end of the movie, when Sarah Jessica Parker says she was in disbelief that Jack had risked his life jumping out of an airplane with the flying Elvis team from Utah chapter... Hearing Nicholas Nicholas Cage say at the end, I knew there wasn't any point in living if I couldn't have you, baby, was one of those unfamiliar Hollywood moments that made me think then of the true meaning of life and that how just maybe in another life, Betsy Nolan and Jack Singer were about to meet and fall in love. And just maybe that person who was Jack in the film perhaps could in the future, potentially, be me? Oh, okay. So, so at the end of all this, his oh. thought is, hey, I'm kind of like Nicolas Cage's character. Maybe I can marry Sarah Jessica yeah. Parker. Okay, so I think we need to reiterate to the audience. Was that one review? That was one review that was completely incoherent. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, what the fuck was I that? I do want to say there is a reason I picked this review. Yeah. Um, it was not the content of the review because I could not understand it. This person, uh, you know, when you write an Amazon review, you can (laughs) attach an image. Uh, We've had a person attach an image of their eyes before. This man attached 
oh. a scan of his AARP card. <laughs> what? <laughs> I scrolled past this review, and it's just randomly, I saw the AARP logo, and this man has scanned his entire oh AARP God. card. What? David Martin Graff, membership uh, <laughs> number... <laughs> Valid through August 2017, so what you're, you're going to have to review what? that. Okay, we, okay, is is that like a social security, like, can you, like, scam somebody for this? Well, I, given that this expired in 2017, I think you'd have to have uh, his updated card to get his AARP magazine. This is like, this, that, that's like a level of grandpa, like, internet I didn't know was possible. What? What possible reason could there have been to upload that? What um, was the logic going through so his brain? For some yeah. reason, this guy had uh, either scanned or downloaded his AARP card and was trying to hit submit on the review, but clicked the attachment <laughs> button and was like, how do I get out of this? <laughs> so Was that like a verification? Like, I got locked out of my account, so I'm just going to post this everywhere. <laughs> They like, might take the down fuck? my review if I don't upload my AARP card. Identity verification. The Amazon Association for Retired People. For so, retired patriots. <laughs> uh, I have another review from an uh, Amazon customer uh, who says, I like this movie, brought back memories because I was in this movie. Uh, this might be James Conn's Amazon account. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> um, I, I have a review from Mary Nelson who says, Los Vegas. Oh, th uh, this is our first all caps review of the episode. Yeah. Uh, there is several. Mary writes, uh, very excellent movie, yeah. good actors, and very good humor. Watch this every day. I recommend this movie to everyone. <laughs> oh, okay. So just to be fair, Kelly, you've watched this movie every day, correct? <laughs> is is that is your grandmother Mary Nelson? <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, Ooh, uh, good to know. <laughs> I have a review from Jose Lopez, who says, uh, the only reason this movie came to my attention was because it and another movie were included when I ordered a Papa John's pizza. It's a, <laughs> it's a decent movie. Not bad, what? but not no, good. No, no, okay, so not to be a, fair. Not oh. a Cage fan, but it came with the pizza. I was gonna say, to be fair, <laughs> I used to work at a pizza place back in like 2015 that still gave out video rentals for pizzas. And so, this, was, this was 2010, so this is like the glory days. Of, yeah, this could have been family video, could have been fucking, well, Blockbuster wasn't really much of a thing. Was Hollywood video still around at this point? Probably. I'm, I don't know. It was one well, of those. Not. It probably was family video, though, to be honest. Um, oh, I think Blockbuster was still around in, wait, what year was this review? 2010. 2010? Yeah, yeah. They had like 15 stores I still. I think so. They still had like movie gallery. I think that Hollywood video yeah, was still around. Yeah, we still had one in Ottawa, even. Yeah, I, oh, don't, shit. I don't think Blockbuster really began its decline until like 13, 14, somewhere in there. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. I was never a Blockbuster. We were the family video family, so. That's uh -oh. fucked up. I have a review. I uh, don't know who this is from. Didn't copy their name. It's probably like uh, Sex Robot 82. Um, and Sex, Sex Robot, Robot 82 Sex writes, Robot. where's my movie? Uh, uh, sorry, this is an all caps review also. Mm. Oh, hell yeah. I still haven't received my movie I ordered from you on March 30th. I can't believe that it is actually taking over a month for it to arrive. I am not sure I'll be ordering from you again unless I can get my order soon. One star. Was that the first person you booked? Or they just couldn't watch it in time, so you got me instead? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, you are our uh, bench player of the week. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, just kidding. You are, of course, our first choice for the classic Frozen Ground. Um, <laughs> I have one last review. <laughs> Uh, from Dennis Luttrell, who writes, 
cures insomnia. Hmm. Sad but good for 30 seconds uh, was Anne Croft on her deathbed getting her son Nicolas Cage to promise to never to marry. Okay. That guy definitely watched it. Yeah. At least 30 seconds of it. This scene is followed by two minutes of running the credits over a cutesy cartoon sequence like something retro from the late 50s or early 60s. That's the vibe I got. Uh, uh, yeah, it's definitely the vibe I got. Sure, he's never going to marry, especially when his girlfriend is Sarah Jessica Parker, pretty girl with very rounded tush and gams of steel. This is okay. a low-brow flick, stupid enough to be campy, or at least that was the idea. Elvis impersonators are always good for a laugh, right? And James Kahn as a sleazy Vegas gambler. That's good, huh? And a guy losing his wife in a card game. You gotta love it. Not, as in not funny, not clever, not interesting, and not worth watching. I gave up after wow. about 15 minutes, and I tried. I really did. I don't think you did. Yeah, <laughs> I really don't think you did at all. Yeah. This movie's a pretty easy watch. Yeah. Actually, my insomnia was not completely cured. I had a relapse, and I confess, I watched the whole thing. Oh my God. Whoa. Um, just joking. This is actually a fun film to watch. Diverting and full of laughs. Ha 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 ha. What the fuck? <laughs> what is their opinion? I genuinely don't know. Uh, this this is a three-star review, so it was written by someone who has no opinion on this movie, uh, but thought it was boring or thought it would be uh, funny to say a movie is a cure for insomnia. This was written in March uh, March 24th, 2001. Um, so this person's <gasps> life was going to change. This is the uh, original Amazon page. Wait, is this the 20th anniversary of that review? <laughs> this is this is the 20th anniversary of this review. Damn, Damn. this is a monumentous occasion. We need to track this person down. Um, that they, was like a dementia review, dude. Like, I don't know how you're going to find that. All these <laughs> reviews are dementia He's probably reviews. lost at a shopping uh, mall right now. Yeah, look, the only people who write Amazon reviews are like 80-year-olds <laughs> who bought something and for some reason feel that they have to give their thoughts on it on well, the website they got. Well, we do know that E&D's not 80, but he, he's pretty fucking old. Yeah, he's old. Old <laughs> enough to be turned on by a cartoon caveman. Uh, that's all I have for Amazon reviews. Um, okay. Well, with that, I suppose we're done with our discussion of Honeymoon in Vegas, unless anyone has anything last minute to throw in. Uh, to Dave's chagrin? It's no. uh, Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace. Yep. Hi, um, is this the, uh, the potato? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, good, good, good point, Dave. And, uh... Just like you always say you love Kevin Spacey. We're gonna take... Oh, God damn it. We'll, we'll be right back. Us. Yeah, we, we're gonna take a short break and we'll be back to you with the frozen ground. Uh, peace. Welcome back to Cage Fight. Unless you we? play for the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Or our Myers Leonard. That's <laughs> where we're at now. <laughs> um, That'll be the least relevant thing ever when this episode comes out in three months. <laughs> hey. Yeah, Myers Leonard has never been relevant and uh, yeah. <laughs> was not relevant after that. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, we're here now to talk to you about The Frozen Ground. Uh, this movie came out in 2013. It was rated R, directed by Scott Walker, who also union-busted uh, yes. public service. This movie was directed by the ex-governor of Wisconsin. In, in yes, Wisconsin. Folks. 
oh, I'm sorry. No, he was a musician that like started as a teen pop artist, but started making like avant-garde music. Yeah, yeah. Listen, there's too um, many Skywalkers out there. Okay. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. They can't all be the I'm same sorry. person. Different guy from those guys. It was also written by a Scott Walker, and I don't know if that's a different Scott Walker. <laughs> yeah, that's a different Scott Walker. <laughs> the uh, thing is. This guy, Scott Walker, has really not made anything else except for this movie. Yeah. Probably because he was union busting so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this was uh, when Scott Walker decided to stop just destroying, like, teachers unions and try to look into, like, SAG-AFTRA. Yeah. <laughs> like, Who else could I fucking ruin? I it's like craft service uh, people. Are they unionized? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh... This was produced by like five different people and like five different companies. It's, it's all over the board. But any, the any Saturn ones, films oh, pop ups? No also, Saturn films, but it was Grindstone, Cheetah Vision, and Count Five. And fun Cheetah fact, Vision also is my favorite. also produced by Fifty Cent. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Huh. Hold on here. Yep. I have to look at this. I did not notice Curtis Jackson in the name there. But yep, I looked up Wikipedia earlier. Yes, yes. please call Fuck him. Fuck yes, he is the top <laughs> listed producer. Please, please call him by his birth name, Curtis, because Jess and I uh, have met uh, 50 Cent. And yes. so oh, and he shit. never posted the fucking pictures. He never posted them. I'm we have so no mad about that. Well, we do have a, uh, the I literally have the signed vodka, vodka bottle in my cabinet right now. Um, <laughs> well, how'd you meet, how'd you meet him? Uh, he was signing... Vodka bottles for his brand that he was like yeah, making a partnership at Woodman's. Then, at Woodman's. He was touring oh, Woodman's. I remember yeah. that. Like I remember that. So he stood in line for like ten days to meet <laughs> Shit. Fifty Cent. That was like seven, um, eight years ago or something, right? I was uh, in college, so that was like maybe five or six. Yeah, probably. But five I remember or six seeing that, and everyone was like, "Why the fuck is he going to Woodman's to yeah. sign liquor bottles?" Um, I met Dan Aykroyd the same exact way, though, so that's exciting. Oh, yeah, shit. Well, yeah, Dan I've Aykroyd had uh, done a signing at that so same awesome. grocery store. <laughs> I met Tommy Wiseau the same way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> from... Uh, well, he was drugging you with vodka. Yes, you, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I completely misinterpreted the event you guys were talking about. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> I still go to a therapist. This movie has a runtime of 105 minutes, a budget of $19.2 million, and does anyone want to guess the box office gross? I'm going to guess this one's in the red. I don't yeah, think there's this, any way this I movie made like $20 million. I thought this was like a direct VOD. Yeah, movie. I'm going to guess the movie made like a $2 million. Uh, I'm going to say five. I'll say four. Okay. Well, it's 5.6 million million. Oh, it's the closest without going over. Hell yeah. Although I yeah. am kind of surprised that I hadn't heard of a movie that stars Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, Vanessa Hudgens, and 50 Cent. <laughs> I, yeah. like, I, I, feel like, I had no idea this movie existed. If you look up the director on IMDb, his like pictures, it looks like they linked like his personal Facebook or something because like his picture is just like a, a screenshot of this movie being on Netflix like <laughs> or not even a screenshot like he took the the picture of his TV like look my movie's on Netflix <laughs> wait uh, you said 50 Cent did that oh uh, no the director of this movie oh, his, oh like, okay all his IMDB pictures are uh, just like some guy who happens to be like associated with this movie. That's Shit. so fucking funny. Um, well, on Rotten Tomatoes, this one got a sixty-one percent from critics and a fifty percent from audiences. Wait, were both movies sixty-one percent? I think. I'll 61. verify that when I listen again. Percent uh, means. Hold on, hold on. Let uh, me open fine. my document. No, the other was sixty-three. Oh, okay. So yeah, very comparable movies critically. Comparable. But yeah, audience-wise. People like this one more than Honeymoon in Vegas. It's interesting. 
It is interesting, I will say. Wide audiences. But uh, that's that's all the basic facts. People that's love all a good the thriller. stuff that you can maybe read on the side of a column in Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I definitely don't just copy that. Uh, uh, well, granted, you didn't read hard enough because you didn't know 50 Cent was the main producer. I didn't. I saw five <laughs> people there and I was like, I'm not going to list all those. And, and then, now <laughs> for some info that you could just read on IMDb. Uh, <laughs> actually, here's one you can't get on IMDb. This is a Mike exclusive trivia fact. Oh, shit. shit. 50 Cent smells great. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Um, Hold on. I have one question here. How long after 50 Cent Blood on the Sand did this movie come out? I want to say that was 2009. That, yeah, wasn't that, it an that Xbox 360 late. game? Yeah. No. So he's he's a video game star at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this came out in 2009. I don't know why I knew that. Um, <laughs> it's a great that game, this probably. Game exists. <laughs> Still. Didn't he make two video games? Yeah, his, I played. that's his second game, I think. Yeah, that was I played the his one. first one on The PSP. first one was a more, like, straight-laced thing, I think. Yeah, I'm mean, sorry, was, just... Was, the rest of G-Unit was also in it. Just the uh, idea that 50 Cent made a video game for PSP is most 2006 sentence ever <laughs> said in existence. Yeah. And now uh, he's, uh... Yeah, now I was a big fitty head. Yeah, uh, uh, not so much at this time, but but you still have his vodka, right? I still have his vodka. Um, <laughs> this film was shot in 26 days entirely in Alaska, and uh, Union Buster Scott Walker delayed the shooting for five months um, because he wanted to capture uh, the cusp of fall. He said he wanted to literally he literally wanted the the feel of the weather closing in on the story and freezing the case, uh, oh, making it harder for the... Almost like a cold case? Police to investigate. Oh, yes. shit. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, Brie Larson auditioned for uh, the Vanessa Hudgens character, um, but apparently overdid her audition to the point that she scared the casting director. Um, <laughs> huh. You know, for whatever reason, I don't imagine Brie Larson being a good substitute I, I'm for not Vanessa a big fan Hodges of Brie Larson, I, I, but I... I don't know. I, I can't really see her uh, being that scary. Um, I can't either. Maybe she's the casting director is a fucking little baby. I think he's probably a little bit. Well, I mean, he did he did union bust against some of our most vulnerable population here. So, yeah, <laughs> he's kind of a big that's bitch. That's true. Um, so <laughs> this could have been a uh, Brie Larson picture. Um, I mean, wait, you can't picture her being that scary, but she was scary to a thousand chuds on the internet. When, <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> Listen, you're calling the quartering Miss a Marvel pussy? No, uh, he's okay. a manly man. Um... <laughs> This is a the, this is a, this is a dumb fact, but uh, the any Nic- dumber than my facts. From- Nicholas Cage and uh, John Cusack's uh, roles are reversed from Con Air, which I I didn't realize at first. Oh uh, shit! Oh shit! Nicholas I Cage didn't know plays John the- Cusack was in Con Air. Why Con Air is like a stacked cast. Yeah, I knew it was stacked. It really is. I'm really excited to see it because I've never seen it before. Oh, it's so good. Nicholas Cage and John Cusack have been in a surprising number yeah. of movies so, together. Yeah, well, was in, uh, that one Arsenal. Three? Arsenal. That was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that tie. If he's in Con Air also, that will tie him so far with Peter Stormare for most repeated yeah. uh, appearances that I can remember. But Yeah, because um, Peter Stormare is what, at three? Yes. Okay. Uh, and so uh, Nicolas Cage was uh, initially offered to play the Cusack role, um, but he wanted to play the detective because he thought it would be more challenging for him uh, as an actor. 
Um, which so is, the opposite of his Joe philosophy. Which is funny <laughs> because he plays a cop in every fucking movie in the 2010s, so it's not that challenging. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, well, maybe he, this was the start of that. Uh, last thing I have is that John uh, Cusack was sick of playing like rom-com guys and wanted to do something gritty, so he played a serial killer twice in a row uh, in this and something else. I don't know. Oh, interesting. I honestly can't think of that many movies I've seen with John Cusack. I just don't know why I recognize him. Oh, probably because like I liked 1408 a lot for some reason when good. I was yeah, like 1408 really good. I thought it was a good movie. I, I haven't seen it forever, that, but it's good. Uh, like last year uh, Shit. or the year before, and I still enjoyed it. I haven't seen that. In, it's actually pretty scary. Like it's yeah, a good movie. It's, it's intense. I haven't seen that in probably over ten years. I should revisit it. I I've, I will say I've liked John Cusack in every movie I've ever seen him in. He's a good actor. Yeah, even, even in Arsenal. Arsenal. Yeah, even Arsenal. Well, so in Arsenal, the thing is that he's just good. Because everything else in that movie is fucking awful. Yeah, that's true. It's it's a it's mind boggling to me that he's even in that movie. It really is um, very strange. <laughs> but yeah, actually, fourteen oh eight is what turned me into a Stephen King fan. Oh shit! Um, oh like, shit! I think I'd read The Shining, and then I saw fourteen oh eight, and I was like, "Damn, that was really fucking good." I want to read that story. Uh, yeah, that's all the trivia I have. So let's uh, okay. pop off. <clears throat> well, uh, so for a plot summary here, we'll just say this. at first the movie opens with a quote. It is, behold, I send you forth as a sheep in the midst of wolves. Matthew 10, 16. Comma, George W. Bush. <laughs> Comma, Michael Scott. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, then it says it's based on actual events, which I was like, oh, really? So I went to the Wikipedia page, and what do I see? That this movie is based on a real man named Robert Hansen, yeah. who was a serial killer in Alaska. And fun fact, right? At three minutes, and I, I made sure I clocked I the exact time. I thought you would time. get that in the trivia. <laughs> I was, I, that's, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the exact point in time when I noticed this, but I paused the movie at three minutes and 38 seconds, and I said to myself, because I saw the date, it said Anchorage 1983, saw a woman handcuffed, and I said, this movie's going to be about Robert Hansen, isn't it? Cool. And then they mentioned Robert Hansen's name a minute later. I'm like, fuck, I got it. Yeah. That's I wasn't the, know that much about murder. That, that is the soonest I've ever <laughs> called the plot of a movie. Listen, okay, so I know a shit ton about serial killers. Like uh, a lot. And Robert Hansen is a very weird one. I'll say that. Yeah, that is true. But yeah, uh, I, I called I called what this movie is going to be about in exactly three minutes and 38 seconds in the plot. I uh, still thought John Cusack was good when I saw him, so I'm way behind well, you guys. Well, so that's the thing is that knowing Robert Hansen's story, I saw him in a bake shop. I'm like, oh, he's the killer. Okay, great. <laughs> when I saw him there, I was like, he's got to be some significant character. You don't just throw John Cusack in unless it's Arsenal. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, John Cusack was so, the baker of the cop. Who solved the murder? <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, Anchorage, Alaska, nineteen eighty-three. That's yeah, the and, setting of this uh, film. Uh, sorry to 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 stop you again, but uh, Nicholas Cage's character is based on the actual cop uh, who has a different name, who dedicated his copness to solving this case. Oh, yeah. Okay. And and fun fact too, I will get into the synopsis, but I will say most of the events that happen in this movie are what really happened in real life. So uh, Anchorage, Alaska, nineteen eighty-three. Police find a woman, played by Vanessa Hudgens. A woman or a girl? Well, we'll get into well, I guess they all say girl constantly, but I don't know. I mean, she's literally, girl, <laughs> she's literally a girl, She's literally a girl, She's 17. Yeah, she's 17, she's 17, right? yeah, yeah. She's 17 yeah. Uh, She's crying and handcuffed in an apartment complex or a motel or something. Which, in real life, she actually escaped out of his car and ran across a, uh, like a tarmac of the airport. 
Which uh, she does say she does that later. So I'm confused why she's in that. Yeah, I never understood that either. That didn't Uh, really make any sense. Yeah, it was confusing to me. But she's taken to the hospital where they find out she has been raped. She says it was by John Cusack. Okay, not... She she names the guy yeah. who did it. Huh? Yeah, she names the guy who did it. His name is uh, Robert Hansen, as we were talking about. But I'm and like, from well, here hold on, on out, he's played by John Cusack. I'm just gonna say John Cusack from now yeah. on. So uh, basically, for the record, John like, Cusack didn't actually murder. People, I I, but, I mean, I put Robert Hansen in there because I know who Robert Hansen is. But otherwise, I would have put John mm-hmm. Cusack too. But yeah. she says I was kidnapped and raped by this man, mm-hmm. and they say. Yeah, and you're like, fact. okay, one, you're a prostitute. Two, you're lying about your age. Three, yeah, why should we believe you? You're a prostitute. Yeah, he's what a local f- bakery owner and an upstanding citizen with wife and kids. Even though he apparently held up a woman at gunpoint in the 1970s, we have no oh, reason to look into oh, this man. And, and, and by the fuck way, you for even accusing him. Yeah, he's goodbye. been arrested. Not, not, not only for that, but also did it several times before that, and also set his uh, his old high school's garage on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, it. I. But you want to know the fun fact, right? That's all real. They were like, oh, well, you're a prostitute. You're lying. This guy's an upstanding citizen. And yeah, the, all yeah. this shit happened. Yeah, this shit all happened. This is real. Like, cops, <laughs> cops mistreating sex workers and not believing them? Uh, yeah, to be fair, though, there, there was the Nick Cage character in the movie was based like on the real cop who like did was like, oh, oh, this is like real. We need to like actually look yeah, into this shit. Yeah, the one guy who was like, wait a second. Maybe this is not bullshit because uh, it doesn't sound like it at oh, all. Oh, we found five random bodies around the area. And they all have, like, the same, like, fucking, like, uh, you know, like, rate of death, like, you know, the type of death or whatever. Like serial might... killers could have been stopped earlier if the cops had actually paid attention? Like, Dahmer, yeah. like, I don't know. If oh, Dahmer for sure. Any competency at all. Yeah. Uh, Ted Bundy. Oh, um, John Wayne Gacy, for sure. Golden State Killer was a cop, so he was yep. never going to get caught. That's true. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, the cops interrogating her are just assholes. They imply that she's lying, uh, even though they literally found her in handcuffs and bleeding, with doctors confirming she was raped. Um, yeah, and it I, says I, this is cops we're talking about here. I know this is just par for the course in in police work, but it's so fucking frustrating to watch. Like, yeah, yeah. and the worst part is like time. I was I was like this can't be real, and I watched like a documentary on Robert Hans just to be sure, and this is pretty much all real. Yeah, like how how they mistreated Cindy Cindy Paulson in real life. Mm-hmm. Dope. It was really rough, and they like laughed at her too, like while she's like walking out. Like it's it was hard to watch. Yeah, it's extremely yeah. hard to watch. And yeah. cops still do that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then cut to Nicholas Cage. He's a cop, like he is in so many of these movies, and is called in somewhere along the coast because a body has been found. Uh, it was dug up by a bear, evidently, and it seems to have been dead for about six months to a year. Uh, the body is identified as belonging to a missing person who was reported a while back and, uh, Cage is on the case and he believes this case and several other missing, uh, persons reports of all various women are all related. So, and he also kind of puts two and two together, looks at the case of Vanessa Hudgens and is like, all right, she seems to be our only living lead in this case. Let's uh, let's talk to her and figure things out. While in real life, uh, he actually had many more victims that he let go, uh, but they just never came forward. Oh, shit. Because mm-hmm. he had raped at least 30 women. Yeah, they did say that at the end of the movie. And his, his body count in real life is anywhere between 17 to 21. 
<laughs> um, if he really actually did something to them, uh, why wouldn't they just come forward right away? <laughs> That's a good point, Mike. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so Cage eventually finds Vanessa Hudgens and interviews her. She says that John Cusack kept her chained up in his den and repeatedly raped her and that he was going to take her to his cabin somewhere in the north of the state. And she escaped from his car while he was starting up his bush plane. And a bush plane, of course, being a Cessna with a Bush Cheney sticker on it. No. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Hudgens also says that Cusack said there were seven other women before her. So looking into Cusack's past, they discover that several incidents related to him occur within days of like disappearances of other women in the area where he was when those happened. So they also find the body of another woman who was shot, and it all matches the 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 Cusack pattern <laughs> or the oh, mo modus yeah, operandi. The MO, yeah. I prefer the Cusack pattern. <laughs> the Cusack <laughs> pattern. Well, all serial killers are really emulating John Cusack in real life. Yeah, that's yes. the technical name for it. <laughs> and by the way, we're not. This is this is all. We're, this is parody. We're not actually calling John Cusack a serial killer yet. Mm-hmm. We don't know he's for sure. He's gonna listen to this, and he's gonna think this. <laughs> yeah. We do have a lot of celebrities listen to this show. Like I think Brian Singer <laughs> listens to every episode. Yeah, right? Brian Singer uh, has he's to legally listen to every episode. Trying to compile his libel case against <laughs> us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think, but it's not libel because it's true, you fucker. <laughs> uh, LeBron James listens uh, to the podcast because I mentioned Taco Tuesday earlier. Uh, oh, yeah. So. <laughs> we also cut and see like uh, Cusack in the middle of another murder right now. Uh, yeah, he chains he's, a, he's a busy boy. Uh, chains a woman to a pole in his basement, eventually flies her out on the, the bush plane out of the woods and shoots her as she runs away like he's hunting her. And also probably and kills her, her dog. Necklace. He takes a necklace oh, yeah. as a trophy. Kills her dog. Yeah, because she, she carries a dog with her in the car. He's like, oh, I brought my dog oh, along. Yeah. Is that all right? Oh, he probably killed the dog, too. I got to. I'm surprised they didn't even mention that at all. I mean, you know, I'm sure audiences are like, you know what? I'm starting to like this guy. I mean, he's killed a couple <laughs> women, but like if he kills a fucking dog. <laughs> all right. I See feel it. like the zoom in on like the taxidermy when she was in the basement kind oh. of made me feel like the dog was dead. Like It, oh, had, to, it had to have been. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, he takes her necklace because this is an important point. He takes a piece of jewelry from all his victims to keep. Yeah, his which is a very common thing serial killers do. Oh, yeah, that's that's one of those um, like it's it's a common serial killer uh, thing. Um, yeah, like trophies but, and mementos and stuff like that. Uh, I, I'm never certain uh, where that came from. I don't know if if he was a prolific uh, trophy taker, but oh, yeah. I mean, he is. He's got all those like fucking like, yeah. trophy like from animals. Oh, yeah, that's true. So we we also see that uh, Vanessa Hudgens wants to get off the street as a prostitute or is told to by a woman who works at a strip club. And she goes into stripping instead. We get like an extended scene of her pole dancing. And we see that uh, zoom right in on her butthole, Mm -hmm. even though she's 17. Yes. Which so that that is a big issue I have with this movie. Right. Because like in real life, Cindy Paulson was 17. She was a sex worker and she did work at strip clubs. Mm -hmm. But like. You don't have to tantalize underage rape victim in a movie. Just just don't do it. Like, I know you want the eye candy, but, like, just don't do it. It's not worth uh, it. And, and the director's uh, defense is, uh, let's see, uh, she's wearing a bra, uh, so it's fine. <laughs> if she can wear a bra, it's all right. Yeah. So, Was there uh, grass on the feet? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Never mind, never mind. So, 50 Cent who uh, was her pimp. Who has great hair in this movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, he is rocking the hair in this movie. So 50 Cent walks in the room and says, uh, I don't know what you heard about me, uh, but a bitch can't get a dollar out of me because I'm a motherfucking uh, PIMP. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, he, yeah, 50 Cent is Vanessa Hudgens' pimp. He's pissed, saying, like, you know, there's no money in stripping. You'll come back anyways. But one day while she's stripping at the strip club, or one night, rather, uh, she sees Cusack there at the club, and she freaks out. He clearly still recognizes her and is, like, pissed. He's like, I gotta fucking finish this lady before she says something. Which, in real life, Cindy Paulson, like, basically just fucking left the state. Like she was not involved in this shit at all. Yeah, well, it does in the movie. She does immediately after this pretty much try to fly out of the state, but uh, Cage finds out and manages to convince her to stay and says, "Like, please, you gotta help us complete the case. You're like our only witness we have." So she does, and uh, Cage lets her like stay at uh, his house for a little while. But Cage's wife gets like super pissed and is like. Get this lady out of our house. She's not your problem. She's not our problem. Blah, blah, blah. That's what I didn't understand, right? Like her, like Nick Cage's wife character didn't really have much characterization. But it's like, hey, you know this fucking rape victim that you're like trying to help solve a serial killing? Man, what the fuck, dude? Like, like have a little bit of empathy. She's a teenager. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, Jesus. That's what was hard for me because she did that, which made no sense. She pushes him out and then she has a speech later where she's like, you got to do what you got to do because you're a good man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after yeah. after he pushed a teenager away to almost okay, to almost and I know it's a plot spoiler, but to like almost get fucking murdered. Like, what is wrong with right. you, lady? Yeah, I don't. That that was pretty hard to watch for me. I was like, damn, like have a little bit of empathy for this. Jesus girl. Christ, he's like, trying to solve shit. a serial killer. Yeah, he's like trying to yeah. find a serial killer. Like, give him a fucking break. Well, like, <laughs> and the girl. I mean, but yeah, well, so, that too. Yeah, but. When, when Cage's wife drives Vanessa Hudgens out of the house, she goes to 50 Cent uh, to get out of the strip club and avoid Cusack. So, like, maybe he won't find her again. But uh, Cage eventually also does, like, find her, like, overdosed on various drugs in a strip club bathroom narrowly before Cusack finds that her. That seems intense because you see, like, somebody kicking in the doors and you think it's him, but then it pans up to be, like, the bouncer or something. Oh, like, yeah. that scene was really intense. Yeah, that was. Um... So uh, Cusack then hires a guy to find Hudgens, and that guy, that dude, he uh, goes to 50 Cent and just threatens him and says, like, hey, like, you owe a guy I know a lot of fucking money. You want to make that go away? Find uh, this lady and bring her bring her to me. And then 50 Cent's like, all right, I'll do it. Cage begins to present his case to the D.A., who are really reluctant to give him a warrant to arrest Cusack, but eventually they give it to him. Yeah, DA, what does that stand for? Dumbasses? Yeah. Am I right? Hey. Um, so they question Cusack. We'll keep that in, double it. Start searching Cusack's place, and they're like, uh, while they're questioning him, I just want to point out that John Cusack says he goes to prostitutes for oral sex because he loves his wife too much to yeah. have her do that. You and, know, I, I put in my notes he's doing a heckin' misogyny. Like yeah. he's. I, I'm just going to say, like, oral sex is good, and uh, there's nothing degrading about well, giving that. So the thing is... is that <laughs> cheating I, and neither is anal. I, I looked it up in real life, and Robert Hansen... Um, was like was very very viscerally angry at women who rejected him in high school because he had like chronic acne and like a stutter mm-hmm. so like women didn't want to fuck with him apparently and he's like I just hate all women now so I'm gonna kill them 
and he was like, oh, prostitutes are easy. I might as well do it to them. Hey, it's not women's fault. Your face was fucked up like that. And I guarantee you, I mean, there, there's still a lot of people who think toxic bullshit like that. But I bet you back in the 80s, there were a lot of weird people who were like, oh, yeah, I don't want to see the woman I love, like, fucking with my nut in her mouth or something. Like, uh, <laughs> like yeah. just, dude, it's it's your wife, man. You're already nutting her a bunch to have kids. Well, what's the fucking big deal? But that was for <laughs> godly purposes. That's true, yes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, while, while searching Cusack's place, they find an attic crawl space with his guns. Which and, in real life, they chains. found it in the wall and the, like, downstairs and, like, the like the, the wall paneling there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he lived in Kauai. <laughs> yes, he did live in Kauai, too, yes. Taylor, our tour guide <laughs> to the world of reality, both Alaska and Hawaii, the two states yes. not in the mainland. And also two oh, things I know about, Kauai and serial killers, yes. Oh, yeah. Ask Taylor a question about the lower 48. Doesn't know shit. <laughs> yeah, I've lived in the lower 48 my entire life, but I don't know fucking dick about it. I never leave my apartment. <laughs> 50 Cent picks up Vanessa Hudgens, and he takes her to the dude uh, that, that Cusack hired out in the middle of nowhere and that dude is about to shoot Vanessa Hudgens when I don't really know what the fuck goes on here 50 Cent decides to hold him at gunpoint it's like put the gun down and then he says like Vanessa Hudgens get the money from his truck and she's like no I'm just getting out of here and she steals Fitty's car and then the dude shoots 50 Cent well, kills him kills I have him a theory dead. on what that was I mean they're already out in the middle of nowhere so if he's gonna kill this guy to get rid of him he's like I might as well just do it here too yeah so I don't know. Make, it makes sense if you think about it. Oh, no. I mean, like, I don't know if 50 Cent was trying to protect her or if he had a change of heart oh. when he saw the guy was going to kill her or what. I think he had ulter, like, I think he had ulterior motives where he wanted to get rid of that guy. Uh, and this was just, like, the most convenient way to do it because they are in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I read the synopsis after, like, I watched it just to, I don't know, I always do that. But it said that he was trying to rob him. Like of oh. his money before they left. Yeah, that's kind so. of what I. That's that was that was another possible motivation I thought of too. It just said Fifty Cent tries to rob him, and then they he was going to get away. That was what it said. So that's okay. not what that I got sense. either. So I, I was confused by that scene <laughs> as well. But yeah. So yeah, like uh, it, it goes wrong, and Fifty Cent gets murdered because uh, Vanessa Hudgens like fuck this, I'm just leaving, and steals his car. Uh, but she goes into some motel and evil Cusack hired man follows her there and is about to kill her when Cage and the rest of the cops show up and stop him, get him arrested. So uh, Cage finds out that the DA won't press murder charges because he the, the DA thinks there isn't strong enough evidence without the connection of like some of the jewelry that he's supposedly taking. Because all they have right now is hard evidence are the guns and they can say like, you know, someone else shot him with a Ruger two two three or whatever. And they also have uh, like bullet casings too, I believe. Yeah. And the bullet casings have uh, etched into the side, not Bob Hansen's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Cage presents Cusack in questioning with a bracelet that is an exact copy of one of the ones that the victim was wearing that he got from the, the, the victim's sister earlier in the film. But he's saying they found it while searching his shit and just basically works up John Cusack repeatedly till the guy's getting pissed. And then Vanessa Hudgens opens the door to walk into the room and he yells at her like, you little bitch, I should have killed you when I had the chance. And cover blown. Bam. Yeah. Cover, <laughs> Which he's uh, you stuck now. As I always need to be the, you know, the, the the portal into the real world. Truth is, Cindy Paulson had nothing to do with this. He admitted to his involvement in the crimes after they like traced the bullet casings to his gun. 
Hmm. So it had nothing to do with that whatsoever. Cindy Paulson was, I don't even think she was in the state by the time that he confessed. Well, this is more dramatic. Yeah. It is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the thing, you, you, really need to, you really need to, like, <laughs> you really need to, like, uh, uh, like, punch up some material that involves a serial killer who chased women in the wilderness. It made him look really stupid, so that was a nice thing at the very end. If we could yeah, get was, anything, that was satisfying stupid. for sure. It made it look stupid. <laughs> it gives some catharsis to the lady that we opened down in the movie and everything. Yeah. So and, like, in in real life, is that Robert Hansen? Like he confessed, he got a plea deal essentially to only uh, admit to four four of the murders. Yes. And all um, says in the epilogue, it does. Yes. Um, but yeah, Cindy Paulson, like she apparently got a call from the lead detective played by Nick Cage in this movie, being like, "Oh yeah, he confessed. You don't have to like come and test." To fire anything. Yeah. So he basically helped save part of the mental trauma of having to go back to Alaska and testify at the trial, too. So good guy, real life cop here. Yeah. So you heard it here first. Not all cops. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Hey, this cop did a heckin' good thing, I will no, say. So, uh, yeah, we get an epilogue where we find out that that uh, the real-life Robert Hansen confessed to 17 murders and 30 kidnappings and rapes. He was sentenced to 461 years in prison without eligibility for parole. 461 plus life. Yeah. Which is hilarious, because, like, 461 is already life. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah. I don't know, a wizard? Well, not if you're like Methuselah <laughs> or something, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not if you were born in the time before original sin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then uh, Hudgens' character evidently now lives outside of Alaska, married with three children. And it closes with photos of all the actual murderer, Robert Hansen's victims, pre-murder. These aren't like gory, visceral shit. Yeah, like they, they do like autopsy photos. <laughs> yeah. So this is, they're like... It's uh, their corpses. Like school headshots and stuff from like yeah. stuff like that. So. Well, he gave him a headshot later on, if you know what I mean. So Robert Hansen did. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's the plot summary. What do we all think of this one? I thought it was fine. Um, it's it's not great. It's not terrible. I I mean I li- I like a good uh, thriller, but um, you know seeing a lot of the the critical takes on this movie was that like it's the next seven or mm. something like that. That it is not. It <laughs> is it's really not. Um it's it's a fine movie. Um but I I don't think that it's anywhere close to the the movies that it gets compared to. Now so. to be fair, you're saying that because Kevin Spacey's not in this one. Yes. Uh and that's why Jess likes Seven Jesus so much better. Christ. I haven't even seen Seven. <laughs> Seven's a great movie, honestly. It is very good, yeah. And he, uh, to be fair, Kevin Spacey's barely in it, so. Um uh, No, I, I like this movie uh, I like this movie like enough. I can't say I loved it. Um I I do have some problems with Vanessa Hudgens like character and characterization because yeah. I watched an interview where uh she mentioned that she actually spent a weekend with the real life Cindy Paulson. Just like hanging out in like Los Angeles together so she could like get more of a like like intimate knowledge of the person. But the weird thing is, and I don't know if Vanessa Hodges did this on purpose, but her accent is really weird in this movie. Like it slips it in back and forth, which I think the, this is like, my theory. Colloquialisms when she's like swearing and saying like ain't and all uh, it, when she's talking a little more rural, it doesn't sound natural coming up. No, it really something. doesn't. And the only thing I can um, think of is that maybe she like they were trying to get this idea that this girl could be like from anywhere. Like she's a drifter. Yeah. Like she's not from Alaska. They they make that pretty clear, but they don't really like say where she is. So maybe they're just trying to make this like, yeah, just 
any any girl person who is basically a drifter who's yeah, kind of mysterious in their own way. But I, it seems weird to me that she went to that length, I guess, because like it's not that. And a real life Cindy Paulson doesn't have anything like any of the accents Vanessa Hodges does in this movie because I, I listened to a short interview with her, too. OK, but yeah, I mean, like not that Vanessa Hudgens did a bad job in this movie, but it's it's it, she was just kind of playing like a disheveled mm. victim type. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I can agree with that. Uh, she doesn't do a terrible job. There's some scenes that are a lot better than others. I actually think she did a really good job for a lot of the movie. There was just one scene in particular, I remember, when they were in the bowling alley. Yeah, that, that scene's fucking like, weird. Yeah. Especially, it's like, what, you want to fuck me? It's like, <laughs> oh, what, oh, okay. You look like Yeah. And also, the the problem I have with this movie, too, like, one of the big major, like, complaints I have is the scene where she, like, runs away from the hospital. Like, like, bitch, you already know someone's trying to kill you. Well, I mean, she's scared and she feels like if she's there, I guess she's stuck. She's already being chased down by somebody. She has police protection in the hospital. Like, why would you leave when you know that people are out to kill you? She's also got to make money. And (laughs) but in in, that's the problem, though. And I think I, I, I understand the movie has to do that for like, you know, like tension purposes. But like. In real life, Cindy Paulson was not this stupid. She sounds like a very intelligent woman. Like she's one of the she's the only person who survived Robert Hansen's like to to the point where she was about to be loaded onto the fucking plane. She's mm. the only like she's the only known survivor that got that fucking far. Mm. Like she's very clearly a very intelligent, like very like streetwise person. She wouldn't do stupid or, shit like that. Or uh, Robert Hansen was really dumb. <laughs> you know, in real life, what's really funny is that Robert Hansen was kind of dumb because he like he did le- like let a lot of women go. But he's just an, such an upstanding citizen that you he really is. Yeah. Let it go. That's like when you when you own a business, you're automatically a good person. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, own a business and have kids. That's all you need to do. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you know, Fifty Cent monster was, would never have kids. Was was funny in this movie, <laughs> but man, his hair is fucking weird. <laughs> it's like a weird mullet <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, one of the other pictures uh, I mentioned uh, the like kind of taken at home seeming pictures that the director has on his IMDb. One of them is just Fifty Cent like sitting in the makeup chair with that. That fucking wig, dude. Yeah, um, yeah that it's, wig it's, is just It's a odd. great picture. Uh, Kelly, what did you think of the movie? Well, I went in, like, completely blind. Like, I thought that since it was up against Honeymoon in Vegas, this was going to be lighthearted and fun. <laughs> so I just thought it was like a skiing movie because I just heard Frozen Ground. I didn't I didn't look up anything. So I was just kind of like, what the fuck? Really? But- it's really nice of you to think that we put that much thought into these matchups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whenever I think of any Nick Cage movie, I think it's going to be about like child rape at some point. <laughs> so whenever you like as long if Honeymoon in Vegas, I think, OK, that's sweet enough. Frozen Ground, like, no, this movie's, like, people are going to die in this movie. That's what I think. <laughs> um, but, like, I, I, I guess I, I enjoyed watching it. Like, I I haven't really seen a lot of Nick Cage movies. So, like, him as a cop, this was the first time for me. So, uh, it was weird to me to see him in that, like, authority role instead of a different role. Yeah. So. You're you're lucky you haven't seen that many Nick Cage movies because all of us have collectively <laughs> seen a lot of them. And a lot of them are... Great. Somewhere in the realm of sixty, um, he he plays a great cop. It's, yeah, love it. Has he been a good cop in any movie besides arguably this one? Like um, he was awful in Two Eleven. I've locked that movie out of my. Wait, do you memory. mean like he's good at his job, or he plays a cop who is a good person? No, I mean like he's good at like the role of being like. Oh. Like, um, like every movie he's a cop in, he's generally awful in. 
Yeah. Well, we haven't seen Bad Lieutenant two yet. No, we haven't. Uh, that so might does be he his... play a cop often? Is that his thing? Like... He's, he plays a cop a lot, especially within the last like decade or so. Yeah, yeah and okay. that's been a 2010s thing. Like a lot of his like straight to VOD features, he oh, just yeah. gets like thrown into a cop role where he's like throttling some woman or something. Yeah, and I will say, Kelly, if you ever get a chance, watch 211. It's probably, <laughs> no, probably the best no, Nick Cage don't movie. Don't ever. Please don't. <laughs> if you're ever going to not watch one Nicolas Cage movie, that's the one. Anyways, what I thought of this movie, I thought this movie was all right. It has its problems, I guess, but it definitely gets better as it goes on. But there is one thing that I want to say that annoyed me right off the bat. I don't like the camera work in this movie at all. And I find it really distracting. It's kind of shaky. Yeah, Yeah. it's everything is handheld. And for whatever reason, even in just pretty standard dialogue sequences, they take super tight shots of every character's face. and Don't let you see anything that's in the surrounding scene. And it's like super tight shots of their butthole on stage. (laughs) Yeah, it's just weird shit. Hey, that one was fine. Okay. I don't know. Like She's it's Dalton real just it's super tight right up on everybody's face wobbling <laughs> around. Sometimes I felt like the camera's going to smack the actor in in like the nose. I'd I love feel to see like the that, outtakes for this. Yeah, that probably happened on a few outtakes and like I don't know. I didn't like it. Um and like this works in certain scenes. Like if you're doing like an action scene that's supposed to feel disorienting, it makes sense to make it hard to see what's going on. But when it's just in like a dialogue scene, like and I can't tell like where anything is in relation to anything else. I, well, it's just yeah. speaking of disorienting uh, conversations, you know, yeah, we have those know, right? a lot. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I think a lot of the like the chase scenes, especially involving Vanessa's, are like very tense for that reason because it is very disorienting. Yeah. You don't know where anything fucking is. But basically. the yeah. thing is, it doesn't really. I don't think it builds the tension there quite so well because it's not contrasted against everything. Oh, that's, that's just fair. the way yeah, it's yeah, done fair. throughout the entire movie. And it, does, it, yeah, it doesn't it, seem like it's being used as a device necessarily. Yeah. I felt like it felt very TV movie because of that. Like it felt like an episode of Modern Family. Like, yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. It was weird. I, I hated it. Well, R- Robert Hansen is a very modern character, if you know what I mean, in real life. <laughs> There's definitely a white dad out there who has killed several women by flying them in an airplane and shooting them in the wilderness. Yeah, I mean, I would have. I know a couple of them, to be honest. Not have been surprised to see like uh, TV credits on on the director's uh, IMDb, but I'm equally not surprised to see that he hasn't done anything before or since. This is honestly like really surprising to me. Like, who is this person? I mean, ex-governor of Wisconsin, I understand. But like, who is this person? Really? Like, this is a pretty big budget movie for them only have done this one fucking thing. Yeah, might be a money laundering situation. I don't know. It could be. <laughs> I thought it was it was a pretty solid movie. It would have been a lot better if the camera work was better. Uh, yeah. The camera work does get better as the movie goes on. It's particularly bad in like the first 20 minutes, I feel like. And but um, I felt yeah. this would have been better if it was just um, more of a melodrama than like a thriller. Yeah. Because like I, I do like movies about serial killers that aren't like just like just a lot of forced scenes of people like running away or fucking doing this dumb shit. Like they're serial killers. They're not, they're not ubermensch people. They're mostly fucking losers who get caught doing dumb shit. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Just do a melodrama, do a police procedural. It's better. Mm. Yeah. So I don't hate this movie, by the way. I just think it would have been better like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't hate this movie. I feel like it's very middle of the road. Um, Very middle of the road. I agree. 
it could have been really good. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if it had been a little bit more cohesive. But yeah, I agree. To uh, compare it to like Fincher uh, is a big stretch. Yeah, comparing this, yeah, to Seven, I don't agree with that. Yeah, yeah, Seven, it's way it's better than anything Fincher's ever done. No, I'm hey! <laughs> it's better than Mank, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you know what? Social Network, fucking trash in comparison to this Mank movie. Mank was kind of boring, but it wasn't that bad. <laughs> uh, it was... Uh, Oh, uh, as middle of the road as this movie. Speaking of <laughs> other serial killer movies, David Fincher, is this better or worse than Zodiac? This is much worse. I agree. Yes, much worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was, at first, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait, can you, re- re- can you repeat that? Like, <laughs> uh, Zodiac oh, might be his best movie. And one more thing, too, um, about his uh, John Cusack's portrayal of Robert Hansen. Did he have a stutter in this movie? I didn't notice because Robert Hansen in real life had apparently a, he had a very noticeable stutter in real life. Apparently, I feel like maybe at one point he attempted to communicate that, but didn't really stick with it. I but I, I would have to rewatch. Not that that's sure. like a huge detail, but like it's yeah. a part of part of the actual person. Yeah, I mean, Nicholas Cage in the role does say this guy likely has a stutter. Like oh, he says that line. Yeah. And oh yeah. Like, when they're when they're like describing a serial uh, killer, like oh, he probably yeah. collects trophies and has a stutter. Yeah. And fun fact. Uh, so John Douglas, who wrote the book Mindhunter, actually uh, came up with the term serial killer. Um, you should watch the Netflix show Mindhunter about the, him. David Fincher. Fincher yeah, David Fincher was. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Hilarious. The Fincher um, connection. Uh, Mindhunter's great, by the way. It might be my favorite David Fincher thing ever. Um, but um, in real life, that was one of the first profiles he made was of Robert Hansen. So interesting. Yeah, okay. Very interesting connection there. I had actually never heard of Robert Hansen before this. I had to like look him up and yeah, I, learn yeah, I had about neither. a whole new serial I, killer, which was fun. I'm, I'm a, and I'm a, like I read uh, about a lot of serial killers. I'm like a diet tailor. Uh, yeah, diet me. To, yes. <laughs> like I, I'm, I don't know. I have morbid curiosity about many things. Serial killers being uh, a big one, yeah. and you know I don't care about victim exploitation. So. <laughs> I realized watching this and kind of like going through the the Wikipedia page of the actual killer that I don't know anything that's ever happened in Alaska ever. Yeah. Uh, and, so, <laughs> and also another fun uh, Alaska fact for you. Uh, Juneau, Alaska was founded by the son of Solomon Juneau, who also founded Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, Juneau, Alaska is actually named after uh, Elliot Page's character in Juneau. <laughs> yeah, it's spelled differently though. Uh, yes, that was I, I an artistic so, yes. choice. That was yeah. an artistic choice. Yes, I agree. Uh, did anybody think the the moose was going to be like a bigger deal? Like, <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, so the, I almost I can't that believe we notes. didn't talk about the moose. Yeah. <laughs> so with the, there's there's kind of a connection there. Is that uh, I mean Robert Hansen is a trophy hunter, so I think he's got like some fucking moose antlers mm-hmm. in his house or something. But also she does mention that she wants to work with animals someday. Oh yeah. Mm. She did mention that when she was a kid, she thought she would either be a firefighter or working with animals. So that that's oh, what I think and was then trying she sets to do. A moose yeah. on oh fire. yeah, and she sees a moose in there while she's kind of being hunted by yeah by Cusack. So it could either be like yeah. she's part of the hunted, like a moose is commonly, or she wants to be like involved with animals. Or it could be John Travolta from uh, the Fanatic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, uh, I, th- I was thinking maybe the, the 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 moose would become like the the stallion and uh, the the unicorn. And Blade Runner. <laughs> oh my God! Oh yes. And, yeah. and one one last one last thing I will add is watch David Fincher's serial killer work over this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, David Fincher makes great movies, uh, excluding Mank. <laughs> well, yeah. Then Dave, uh, do you have a little plot summary about this? What? You got a plot summary of the Frozen Ground? 
Do, oh, Dave. Oh, I've, I don't know if that's a yes or a no. Dave. Oh, because are you ready? Oh, shit. Ooh, uh, okay, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, well, let's hear it, Dave. Let's, can we? Me and you are like really good hackers, right? Yeah. I can hack. Yep. Me and you are like really good hackers, right? Right. I can hack. I mean, it's like hacking is like my life. Oh, uh, you know, it's funny. These people, they go to sleep. They think everything's fine. Everything's good. They wake up the next day and they're on fire. Interesting. You know that that on fire. <laughs> Uh, that on fire reference, though, actually, that's probably the most accurate thing because Robert Hansen was an arsonist. Yeah, and Vanessa Hudgens wanted to be a fireman, and she's on fire. She's pretty hot in this movie. <laughs> and Cage's detective work on fire, on fire. This and everyone actually, in the Alaskan, the area around Anchorage, they woke up and their world was on fire as a man murdered people in the streets. So yeah, thanks, Dave, for the synopsis there. Um, you had it pretty much on the nose. Yeah, with that, I think we can jump into Amazon reviews. I got some Amazon reviews. Let me say the the Amazon reviews. Uh, uh, speaking generally for this movie, uh, it's like a cage fight greatest hits. Oh it's, shit! Literally every review is either talking about uh, how they live where it was filmed, uh, <laughs> how there's too much swearing and or nudity. <laughs> All that stuff. Are there uh, all caps reviews too? There, there was a lot of them. Um, I think I only grabbed one, but um, there, yeah, the Love reviews for this were literally everybody saying the same exact thing. Um, Alaska, uh, too much swearing. Why is this porn? Uh, I haven't gotten it in the mail yet. <laughs> Our first review comes from Soundbit. Um, who uh, wrote a review titled uh, "Name of Places." Of my past, scary real. Name of places of my past, scary real. <laughs> I was up there, then fishing in Alaska, Bering Sea. I dated Patty from the Wild Cherry in 1979. She was working for the railroad. Then she had been the manager of the Wild Cherry, a damned wild and crazy place. Uh, this review, of course, was written by Abe Simpson. <laughs> I had sex. A few years later, I got stuck in Anchorage Airline problem walking, looking for a place for the night lost while walking by the wild cherry. So I tied an onion to my belt, <laughs> which was the style at the time. I'm trying to figure out what this fucker is saying. So, so they, they dated Patty from the wild cherry, a damned wild and crazy place. Okay. Is it like a strip club? Like, what is uh, it? It I'm sounds assuming. like it. Yeah. Um, a few years later, I uh, was back in Anchorage and was walking by the wild cherry. Uh, a man stopped, pulled out a gun and started shooting the bar, hitting his ex on stage through the wall. I ducked and ran. Movie was thrilling and too real. Oh, what? So this guy survived a shooting in a strip club in Alaska, oh and that's why this movie hits a little bit too close to home. I'm not even inebriated, but I feel like I'm disassociating. What was that review? <laughs> Do we have this man's AARP card? I wish we had Soundbit's AARP card. Um, oh my god! But maybe he lost fuck? that uh, in the shootout. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he probably dropped it when the shots started flying. Um, I review from Arthur Frame, who wrote a review uh, titled "Nicholas Coppola doesn't stink this time." Oh um, shit! So Rude. this is a guy. This is a guy who's so fucking elitist that he won't even. He, Call him Nicholas Cage. He's Nicholas Coppola. <laughs> uh, Coppola misspelled, of course. Is it like um, Crapola? 
I wish. Uh, <laughs> John Cusack gives a hell of a performance while Nicholas Coppola rises to a decent pedestrian portrayal, the best he can muster. But the prostitute bimbo is obnoxious in this predictable screenplay. Okay, first off, predictable. Nick Cage is never predictable, okay? (laughs) Well, this is the best he can muster. First of all, Nicolas Cage did okay in this movie. Decent, decent. Yeah, this is not a bad performance. Certainly not the best he can do, though. Yeah, yeah, the one thing I would would use to describe Nick Cage is not daring. Mm -hmm. He's done every fucking role in existence. Yeah, and he's screamed his way out of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh... He's a very challenging actor. Agreed on the prostitute bimbo, though. Um, So uh, (laughs) Connie uh, Ostrander writes a review titled One of His Best Movies. Which? Released in the 2010s. Goes on to write. Try to see all of Nicolas Cage movies, and there are only one or two that I would want to watch more than once. This, in my opinion, (laughs) was not... One of his best movies. Oh, shit. Totally subverts your expectations from the title of the review. Did M. Night Shyamalan write this? Biggest (laughs) twist in a review I've ever seen. I have a a review from Frida Wanderer titled Quite Disturbing. Wait, Frida Wanderer? Frida Wanderer, as in Frida Wanderer. Oh, that's like Frida. Oh, no, the name is Frida Frida Wanderer, like our grandmother. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you said Frida like Frito-Lay, like the tail chip company. (laughs) Frida Wanderer. I gave it three because I personally thought the subject content was very disturbing. It reminded me of a Criminal Minds episode. Based on a true story that I don't remember. Uh, however, <laughs> <laughs> however, superb acting by Vanessa Hudgens, Nicolas Cage, and John Cusack. This rating has absolutely nothing at all to do with my son-in-law, Mark Robocop's <laughs> scenes being cut out. Uh, oh, three stars. Wait, whoa, 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 wait. <laughs> wait, wait. Her, wait, is it her son? Her son-in-law. Was, so long was an uh, actor in this movie? It was, was cut from this movie. Was he like an extra or something? Cut. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but what the uh, fuck? Mark Robocoff got fucking <laughs> oh. snubbed. That was an M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end. I was not expecting that yeah. one at all. <laughs> this is, uh, I mean, between this and the person who was in Honeymoon in Vegas and wrote a review, but did not name themselves, uh, this is a, a oh. star-studded Are you talking about the, section. the trust? Uh, no, in, in Honeymoon in Vegas, the, the there were... Just there was before. a person who there said this brings back oh, oh, right. memories. Sorry, because I, was, I was in, in this, this movie. So, yeah. Oh, right, right. I thought uh, you were talking about the trust where the guy's like, I own the fish shop or whatever. No, no, no. The, the, I, there was a lot of that guy in, in the reviews, though. Uh, a review from L. Clark Landrum who says, not all that good. I thought this might be some sort of outdoor adventure since it's set in Alaska. <laughs> However, it involves some seedy characters in a dismal urban setting. Not exactly an upbeat flick. Mm-hmm. It takes place in Anchorage. Anchorage is a major city. What the fuck did he expect? Uh, I don't know. That could have been my review right there. <laughs> I was going to say, this could be uh, Kelly's review. Uh, <laughs> considering that uh, they were expecting it to be an outdoor adventure, which it kind of was in some ways. Yeah, in I some ways. Think, just not all that beautiful. It's more tragic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's fair to say... Wait, what did they review it? 
Rate uh, it three stars. Three stars. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess that's, that's not fair. that bad. I was gonna say if they give it like one star because it wasn't the movie that they thought it was go- going to be, oh, yeah. then I would be just a little, like that I person saw, can fuck off forever. They shouldn't I saw be watching John Cusack's movies. sad face on the poster, and it reflected how I felt watching the movie. One star. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I review from B Taylor who says, "Hey, what? Whoa, B Taylor! It's y'all. a command. Yeah." Um, this was a good movie, except for the F-bomb every turn. Yeah, I definitely wrote this review. (laughs) The idea that it was necessary was puzzling. The storyline had my attention. (laughs) Yeah. Three stars. Uh, We've mentioned this on the show before, but every movie that involves, like, rape, murder, all this, like, you dropped an F-bomb. Yeah. Like, uh, what the fuck? There, there's a lot of disturbing things in this movie. Uh, if uh, the most disturbing of them uh, that uh, to you was the F word. Um, yeah, I don't I don't understand that. Uh, there's there's a bigger problem at hand here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I have a review from uh, Susan, who wrote a review titled Movie. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Is there any punctuation? Um, no, no capitalization, no punctuation, <laughs> just movie. movie. <laughs> I did not expect it to have so much nudity, and I could feel the ugly, evil presence of the killer. Scary. <laughs> Three stars. <laughs> Those are strange things to just lick. I didn't expect there to be so much nudity, and I could feel the ugly, evil presence yes. of the serial yeah. killer. A movie that involves stars. serial killer and sex workers. There's nudity and a serial killer. I could what feel the, the presence of a serial killer in this serial killer. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Well, I mean, that's a that's a compliment if you can feel their presence like emanating from the movie. I yeah, yeah, that's sure. a pretty powerful haunting performance. Then Jesus, mm-hmm. um, John Cusack was creepy in this movie. He like, was I've very always creepy. Loved he was. Everything and yeah, like, he's this, great. I was like, what the fuck? He's yeah. a very intense performance on his part. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, speaking of cage fight greatest hits, Amazon reviews. Uh, this review comes from Amazon customer. Um, and it is not in all caps, but every single word is capitalized. I haven't finished it yet. Not that I don't like it. Had other things to do. We'll get back to it later. Three stars. Oh, I hate those reviews. At least that was a three star. At least that was a three star. Why is that as common as it is? I didn't finish this movie. I will review it now and then finish it later. My, one of my all time favorites was I can't watch this movie. Something came up one star. That's all it like, oh, oh God. Last episode, there was like, I wanted to finish this, but my mom was having surgery or some, I don't know, yeah. something stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I review from Russell titled Not for the Young. This movie has too much nudity for this kind of film. For the I kind know. of film uh, where a woman, where many women are like tortured and murdered. Yeah. A woman is just... hunted for sport and the problem is nudity. <laughs> I know the subject had to be covered, but I felt like they used the nudity to the extreme. Uh, to the extreme. There's barely there a, only one scene with nudity. I think there was only. I think in, there was, there was like a couple. one or two scenes but where like, a woman was like topless. In but the it's bar, in the background. Was, it's not like there's like tits in your face, dude. Right, it's in the background <laughs> of a strip club. In the strip club. Uh, in a very illegal strip club. So, uh, n- oh not, it's not that kind of movie. And that's the thing with, like, Americans, right? Like, they'll watch, like, a show where just somebody just, like, gets their shit fucked up. They'll watch somebody get shot in the head, but, like, a nipple? Too much? Can't fuck with it. 
It's like, what the there's, fuck? There's so many people who, like, if they saw a man get his head chopped off in traffic, they'd be like, stop swearing while you're chopping. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, kids kids nowadays basically watch, like, a, a slightly toned down version of ISIS, like, fucking, like, execution videos. And be like, right. oh, man, he said, he said shit. That's too far, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. In America, we have a weird... Uh, the, like the MPAA is more likely to rate something higher for like nudity than for violence, whereas in a lot of European rating agencies, they will rate higher based on violence than nudity. Which, to be honest, is the way it uh, fucking should be. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it's like the mindset of people are like, if my kids watch people having sex, then they might go have sex. That seems like a thing that they're more likely to do than. Well, considering it's America, someone. is that. But no, they'll probably shoot up a yeah, school. Yeah, they'll probably shoot up a school. Exactly. I, I don't mean to get <laughs> or, morbid here. Or a but grocery yeah. store. Or a massage parlor. Mm. There should be a movie called uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin's Amazon Reviews. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have a review from Amy L. H. Who says, could have been written and filmed more tastefully. The language and subject matter was too offensive. I'm a military brat and married to a retired U.S. veteran, but this was too much. I didn't finish watching the movie. <laughs> Two stars. Okay, so first off, those people swear like fucking sailors. And you can't handle this movie. I didn't even notice people listen, were swearing listen, in this movie. I swear like sailors. I've killed a couple kids. Oh, but this movie is too disturbing. <laughs> so, like, a fucking weird thing about this movie, right? Well, they're like a military every... brat. They're, they're parents killed oh, a couple yes, kids. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I didn't even notice they were swearing. I, t- I didn't either. I, very surprising. I, I did not pick up on that yeah, at all. Yeah, I didn't hear it either. Something. Honestly, that was not something that was registering with me. Uh, uh, I yeah. swear to God, like, in real life, if we were to watch this movie, like, you probably would only get, like, a couple thousand dollar fine from the FCC if they played this uncensored on television. That's probably how few swear words are in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I well, feel th- like I'd, they might get a fine from the FCC for all the gore. <laughs> well, there wasn't that much gore. Honestly, there's, I, there's I think the, the only shows on, like... Oh yeah, basic yeah, television that are more true, violent yeah. than this. There's the Walking a, the, Dead is definitely more violent. Criminal than Minds too. is pretty fucking violent sometimes. Uh, I've never really watched um, that show. That shows I that shows like really awful. Don't watch that show. The only you know scene what else is awful. Freaking Criminal Minds, the mind of a criminal. Yeah, what mm. you want? We have a review from uh, Douglas V. Janowski, um, who says Nick Cage is a so-so actor at best, but and they go on to say. I'm just not in women of any age being murdered. Nick Cage is a so-so actor at best, but has some good storylines like American Treasure, Con Air, etc. American Treasure. Not this one. Uh, yeah. And, and I will say, though, too, I think that's very honorable that this man does not want to see women of any age get murdered. Yeah, that's, that is a very honorable thing. That's good. It's generally good when you're not into women being murdered. Like, I yeah. think. For me, uh, they have if they're in the 30 to 40 range, I love it. Oh, okay. You know what's funny is that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I I only got a few more birthdays before. <laughs> ah! no. And then you'll be murder appropriate murder age. <laughs> oh, Jess is almost murder age. I can't wait. Yeah. It's like Mary Kate and Ashley when they like counted down when they turned 18. We're just counting down to the days where Jess turns 30 so people can murder her. <laughs> I have a review from Billy Bob the Big Body Blowfish. <laughs> Wait, we, we Billy, need this person on the podcast. Okay, so first, first off, that well. is one of Billy Bob Thornton's side projects. Oh yeah, this is Bat Santa all the way. The the big body blowfish uh, wrote a review titled "Thankfully" and goes on to say, "Oh, 
was delivered next door. <laughs> Two stars. Oh. Thankfully, oh. was delivered oh, next door. That's, I wouldn't be very thankful for that, oh. and their star rating oh, seems to indicate not much of a thankfulness. But oh. as somebody who's had that happen before. Two two stars is totally understandable. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I have just a few more here. Uh, they have a lot of Amazon reviews for this one. Uh, review for, uh, from BR, who says, Underwhelmed, uh, mediocre story. Gage really can't act without sharing the scene. Gage? Uh, Gage? The, the next review comes from Amazon customer, uh, who says, Feel sorry for her movie. Nothing learned. Disgusting and worthless. Period. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Joanne Thomas writes another review titled Movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are worse things to title your review yeah. of a movie. Well, Joanne says awful and rude. One star. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Movie. Awful and rude. Uh, Jack Rosa uh, writes crime movie with porno. <laughs> I should have paid attention for the rating for this movie. It started out as good detective type movie, but then there was porno in the movie, so I shut it off. There's not any porno. This is a strip club scene. That's barely porno. There are people out there who see a nipple uh, on the same level as penetration. Yeah. That is, uh, there are weirdos like that. So true. I think Robert Hansen was probably one of those fucking weirdos. <laughs> uh, the last review comes from Ron who says, I didn't check that it was R-rated, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> One star. <laughs> one star. Self-censorship there. Oh, another one of those motherfuckers. Uh, uh, that's all the Amazon reviews I got. You ended it on a fucking high note, let me tell you. All right. Well, I guess if nothing else, yeah, it's uh, time we should for... get to the vote. It's time for that vote, everybody. Dave, could you maybe give us a countdown? <laughs> what? Could you could you give us a countdown? Uh, a little little bit of a countdown might be a nice thing. I. I well, if you are, then you will help out the cage fight family by <laughs> giving us a little countdown so that we can vote. Okay, I'll play. Ooh. One, two, three. Honeymoon uh, uh, in Vegas. Honeymoon in Vegas. Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah. Um, yes. I, I was yeah. like, I, I was waiting for three in the countdown for so long. I was like, wait, what's the name of the movie that I'm voting <laughs> no, for? No, I, I was. Li- <laughs> you know what's funny is that I either had in my mind Trapped in Paradise or Leaving Las Vegas. I'm like, Honeymoon in Vegas. <laughs> trapped in Vegas. <laughs> trapped in Vegas. Yes. Kelly, did you also vote Honeymoon in Vegas? Or? I did. Of okay. Course. Unanimous again. Unanimously <laughs> voted for Honeymoon in Vegas. The Frozen Ground wasn't awful. No, it but, was not awful. Yeah. But, uh, honeymoon in Vegas. But there was, was no Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah, Honeymoon That's in Vegas true. is a classic romantic comedy yeah. to me. I think it's I, fucking great. I watched it a second time today. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll watch it again for sure at some point. It's a real fun. For movie. It's beautiful. It's a great movie. It really is. I like fun it. flick. I will find myself returning to it in the future. Definitely more believe. of a family movie if than anything. The Frozen Crown, for sure. Yes. <laughs> Just a lot more for this upbeat. Podcast. Yeah. I'll... Yeah. Uh, 
I will certainly return to it in the future when it comes up again against uh, stalling Spider-Man for time. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. Wait, really? Oh, no. that's, oh that's going to be a rough one. <laughs> that's, that's a rough matchup. That's going to be a real that, rough matchup. That, that, that matchup is going to come down to a true principle. What is the what is the Nicolas Cage movie? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, probably one of the best movies in this entire bracket. Yeah, yeah I'd say probably movie. top five for me. Yeah. And uh, is is it fair? Um, no. Well, to be fair, he does also play the main character in both movies. That's true. Spider Noir. The well, he's Spider Man. Mm. Yeah, Spider Man but... is the main character. Does that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Sure. Well, uh, yeah, uh, we'll have that debate when we get to that episode yeah, like in like yeah, like yeah, fifteen uh, years from now. But as for uh, debates, that we'll, are we'll have closer. beards by then, and my beard is a woman. So we'll be master debaters. <laughs> Well, no, I'm like I said, I'm going to have a beard and she'll be a woman. So, OK. All right. Well, I guess we can do the the ranking of this movie yeah. and everything else. So this this movie right here, uh, the, the Frozen Ground, which was eliminated. Where does it fall in our eliminated rankings? Uh, if you don't know already from listening to previous things, we are, we have ranked all of the movies eliminated so far in this bracket. And now we'll go through from the bottom of the list, voting whether this newly eliminated movie, The Frozen Ground, is better or worse than each movie until we find its proper spot in the list. Oh, yeah. So starting off now at the bottom of the list. Number 35 to 11. Is it better or worse? It's better. better. We've already we, mentioned it's better. <laughs> we we might it. as well just stop mentioning 211. We will watch a movie worse than 211. <laughs> it's at possible point. in all the, honesty. The, the chances are getting less and less every week. <laughs> and I feel like it's it's zero at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um The Runner. Better. 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 Christmas Carol, the movie. Better. Better. USS Indianapolis, Men of Courage. Better. Better. We might not find a movie worse than, or like, yeah, yeah. worse than that one, too, in all honesty. Yeah. yeah, honestly, we could probably skip up to, like, number 15. No, let's just keep these, going. Let's power um, through it. Outcast. Better. 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 Rage. Better. Better. Sandily. Better. Better. Wow, I forgot Sandily's so low. Good. Yeah, good. Uh, Dying of the Light. Better. 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 <laughs> the Ant Bully. Better. Better. Left Behind. Better. 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 Wow. Fast yeah, I, did, I wouldn't have expected. <laughs> that's in your top fucking ten movies. It's not. It's, it's funny. It's uh, just funny, that's all. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Better. 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 Sunny. Better. 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 Arsenal. Better. 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 Superior Cusack film also. Oh, yeah, very much uh, so. Uh, the Humanity Bureau. Better. better. Uh, Army of One. Better. better. Sorcerer's Apprentice. Better. Better. World Trade Center. Better. Better. Joe, better, better. better. Uh, guarding Tess, better. better. Pay the Ghost, better. better. Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance, better. better. Bangkok Dangerous, better. better. Uh, Firebirds, better. better. Birdie, better. I'm gonna go worse. I don't like the look Jess has on her face. <laughs> She's looking like a shady bitch right now. <laughs> What I'm noticing is that Birdie is lower in the list because there are movies above it that I think it's better than, but I feel like it's worse than Birdie, frankly. So I have to just kind of say no. I agree. Damn. Well, that puts the frozen ground at number 13 so far. Not too bad. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's not bad. No. And uh, so our uh, 
that puts Birdie, Stolen, G-Force, Ghost Rider, Looking Glass, Amos and Andrew, Trapped in Paradise, Astro Boy, Deadfall, Lord of War, The Wicker Man, and Rumblefish ahead of it. But that is the totality. The of fact that Rumblefish is number one is just mind-boggling to me. Yeah, I don't find it very mind-boggling, but I will say that a lot of those movies you just listed are... Worse than the frozen ground, in I, my opinion. I also agree. <laughs> Birdie is just much lower than it should be. I agree. Birdie you is know much what? Actually, be. better, better. Birdie is one of those movies that I guess maybe I should right. respect, but uh, I don't. I, you know what? Matthew Modine. Mm, ugh, All right, you know what? If we're we're going to keep powering through it. Let's go. Yeah, Bert, hold on here. I, I, I have flipped my fucking vote. <laughs> uh, more like shirty, yeah, as in stolen? shitty with an R. Is, it, is the frozen ground better than stolen? It's yeah, better. It's better, better, yes. It's definitely better than stolen. G-Force. Better. 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 Ghost Rider. Better. better. Looking Glass. Better. Better. Amos and Andrew. Better. I'm going to go worse. I'm going to say better, actually. Trapped in Paradise? Oh, for sure this movie's better. Worse. Better. So, wait, you said better? Yeah, I said better, yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay, Astro Boy. Worse. I'm going to go... I'm going to go worse, too. Yeah, I think it is worse. Okay. That's a little bit fairer of a ranking. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's. Yeah, the frozen ground sits at number six now. <laughs> Whoa! Oh shit! Why is Birdie so much lower? Even you, you said it was worse than Birdie. Then you voted better than Stolen immediately following. Which, I, at some point, all of some people we must have agreed during that ridiculous five-hour recording <laughs> session where Birdie, we were all going fucking insane that somehow Stolen was better than Birdie. Birdie <laughs> is just a movie to me where I, a I case like a case Birdie. could be made. But it would not really change my feelings. No, and I do mm. like Birdie, but I really, really like Stolen. It's a funny fucking movie. Yeah, it's a it is funny really movie. Funny. Uh, and and my my best whole villain ever. My whole philosophy is I want to enjoy movies. I don't care if it's better or worse necessarily quality wise. I just want to enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the villain in Stolen better top, than Bob Hansen. Top tier villain. Better. Yes. Because did Bob Hansen's dad cut his fucking face shaving? I don't know. He's very. He didn't tell us. He, I, he maybe he was vain. I don't know. He was you mad about g- girls not liking him in high school. Well, congrats to the movie for being six on list. Yeah, congratulations <laughs> to the Frozen Ground for ranking in the top ten eliminated, eliminated thus far. Yeah, top ten eliminated <laughs> at this point out of thirty-five uh, puts it in like the top forty somewhere. Hopefully, I don't it's know. going we'll to. Yeah. yeah, I think if this movie was in the top half, I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Kelly, is there anything you wanted to plug? Um, not really. I don't. Um, I have a Twitter. It's just Andy902. And that's all I've got. Yeah. And and how do you spell Andy? A N D E E. E. 902. Uh, I gotta say, one of my favorite Twitter accounts, uh, not just Blowing Smoke, you make me laugh a lot. (laughs) Um, definitely worth a follow. So go do that. Yeah, follow her on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you're not doing that. But frankly, I don't think there's anyone who listens to this podcast who doesn't follow us on Twitter. Uh, um, yeah, if you do, fuck you. Yeah, it's a, we're <laughs> at, at Cage Fight Podcast on or no at Cage Fight Pod on Twitter. We are Patreon.com/slash 
Cage Fight podcast if you would like to throw us a little cash. And we do have do Patreon that, content coming up. Yeah, we do have Patreon content uh, that either will be released or is already being released yes. as this episode comes Check out. Check the feed. <laughs> Check the feed. Uh-huh. Um, it will be our... Godzilla versus King Kong bracket that we are doing as a special extra thing that has nothing to do with Nicolas Cage, but sometimes we here at the Cage Fight crew after watching 60 Nicolas Cage movies need a little bit of a change up hey, sometimes. And if, if there's and, anything uh, that Nicolas Cage, King Kong, and Godzilla have in common, it's that they're the monsters of cinema, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, shit. Uh, join us next time yeah. where we will be discussing bringing out the dead and dog eat dog. Oh shit. A Scorsese movie and a movie about dogs eating dogs. I thought that was like a Belgian movie about a serial killer, wasn't it? I hope so. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah. More serial killer content coming up, maybe, possibly. We don't know. Or dog content. I don't know. Join us next time. <laughs> Lords of Dogtown. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And your boy is dropping an album oh, next oh, week. Oh, which shit. is actually in podcast time probably a month and a half ago. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Check out Dave's album. Yes, yes. Check out Dave's album, Harvey. Uh, oh. It is on Bandcamp. Is uh, Where else can people... I'll probably put it some other places too. We'll just have to figure that out as it happens. <laughs> well, check him, check him out. Uh, check out Harvey on Bandcamp. Yeah. Uh, and if you'd like to follow me on social media, you probably can't because I don't have any accounts advertising my music. Dave is old. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. I'm almost to the age that uh, y'all were talking about. Uh, I wasn't actually listening. I'm sorry. As far as but, social media goes, you are not old at all. Like. Uh, there's there's so many people that are twice your age and storming the Capitol on. <laughs> yeah, that's so. true. I mean, I feel like in internet in internet years, I've got to be like a thousand though. Like, um, which is why I'm still making album. You can buy a CD copy of the <laughs> album. Uh, you can buy a track. You can buy fucking cassette. Hell, I wish I had cassettes. I might actually do that though. You can buy it um, pressed on to a wax cylinder. <laughs> yeah. Edison phonograph. I'm working on it. Um, well, yeah, uh, check out Harvey. Good stuff. Check out the music videos that are released, uh, for, for Time Kept Rolling On and Chrysler TC. I did help film Which, those. Yes. Yeah, that's coming out in two hours, actually. Yeah. Um, great songs, great videos, great work to both of you. Great ceramic cat. Thank you. Hell, Thanks, very laser. good ceramic cat. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for giving me such good material to film along oh. to. I can't yeah, of believe, course, you know. I can't believe we forgot to plug Dave and then it a... turned into this sweet moment. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, well, and on that note... Bye. Bye.